The podcast of this local government meeting is brought to you by Michigan Radio. For more coverage of local government meetings and to find out how you can support this service, go to michiganradio.org. Scott Benson, I. Councilmember Fred Durhall III. Councilmember Letitia Johnson. Present. <clears throat> Councilmember Gabriela Santiago Romero. Present. Councilmember Mary Waters. Present. Councilmember Angela Whitfield Calloway. Present. Councilmember Comey Young II. Council President Mary Sheffield. Council President did indicate that she would be absent from today's session, uh, and her absence is uh, accepted. Clerk will so note. Council President Pro Tem James Tate. Here. Mr. Chair, you have a quorum. Thank you. We have a quorum, which means we're now in session. We are joined today prior to us uh, beginning the agenda. We're joined. Uh, with uh, Pastor DeAndre Armstead Sr., Perfecting Triumphant Church, uh, located in District 5 at 4251 Fisher. Uh, good morning, Pastor. Oh, you're on mute. Good morning, sir. How are you? I'm doing well, and thank you so much for joining us this morning. Uh, feel free now to begin the invocation, if you will. Let's pray. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, we thank you for this day that you blessed us to enjoy. We thank you, Lord, for this aggregation of men and women who make up uh, the leadership or a portion of the leadership of the city of Detroit. We pray now, Father, that today you would lead and guide these leaders as they make decisions. Father, lead them in wisdom and understanding and in the grace of the living God. Father, in order to bring forth justice and stability, resources to this area, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would help them to come to resolve and resolution in every area that they stand in need of today. I pray that you would bless the city. You said in your work was to pray for those that are in authority. So I pray for the mayor and I pray for the uh, president of this council and all the council people. Father, lead them in the plain path. Teach them and show them today as they walk in your ways and do those things that please you, that you'll cause this city uh, to continue to rebound and continue to grow and to continue to be built up in the most holy faith. Father, I thank you that you do all things well. So, Father, I ask that today you would bless this formal session. Let it come to the benefit of the people. Let it be just. Let it be stable. Let it be filled with truth. Do what you alone can do. We call it done in the name that is above every name, the name of Jesus. It is so. Amen and amen. Amen. Uh, Pastor Armstead, thank you for, again, that invocation. And you are certainly welcome to uh, continue to join us through the duration of this meeting. But we certainly understand if you have other things to attend to. Uh, again, we do thank you. I absolutely do, sir. Thank you again. And God bless you all. All right. You as well. All right. We have two presentations this morning from... Member Whitfield Calloway to Spirit of Detroit Award presentations. And I will turn the mic over to Member Thank Calloway. you, Pro Tem Tate. And good morning to my colleagues and to all of you um, here with us this morning. Um, it is my honor and privilege um, to recognize March as Women's History Month. Please join me in commemor commemorating and encouraging the study, observance, and celebration of the vital role of women in American history and in our city of Detroit's history. The theme of Women's History Month for 2023 is celebrating women who tell our stories. 
and it's my privilege and my honor to um, be able to present Spirit of Detroit Awards to two amazing women that um, my path crossed. Um, and um, they're both very, very special women, trailblazers in their, um, in their field. And the first one is for, I'm going to ask her to come up, Ms. Sharice M. Butler, if you can take a seat there, right here, next to the clerk. And I'm going to read just a little bit about Sharice. Everything that she's done and accomplished can't be reduced to writing. Sharice Butler, City Years Detroit Senior Vice President and Executive Director, is a dynamic, collaborative, people leader with a deep commitment to diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging, while possessing a strategic vision that innovates and engages resources to deepen the organization's impact on students of Detroit. And you don't know this, Ms. Butler, but two of my four children served in City Year right after, right after they graduated from Spelman and Bowling Green. And the one who graduated from Bowling Green stayed an additional year and a half. And if anybody knows anything about City Year, they teach young people how to serve. And it's not a lot of money. It's barely a stipend but they also teach you how to manage that stipend. And so I appreciate everything that City Year did for my own two children. And prior to joining City Year, Cherie served as the Senior Director of Government and Community Affairs with Detroit Public Schools Community District. In that role, she developed and executed the district's legislative priorities and did an amazing job and provided strategic direction, representation, and messaging in consultation with the superintendent, Nikolai Vitti. And prior to joining DPSCD, she made outstanding contributions to support young people and their families, establishing herself as a dedicated advocate in the communities we support and serve. And after earning her Bachelor of Science in Chemistry from the Bernard College at Columbia University, she went on to work with Bank Street School for Children in New York as lead after-school teacher, concurrently working as a graduate assistant at Bernard College with the focus in diversity, equity, and inclusion. You would later, she would later receive her Master's of Science, Health and Behavioral Studies. Upon her return to Detroit, she managed middle school initiatives and youth program evaluation for Teen Hype. And we're all so familiar with the wonderful work um, from Teen Hype Youth Development in Detroit. Today, she continues to support Teen Hype as chair board of directors, leading their governance, finance, and policy committee. If these accomplishments weren't enough or weren't impressive enough, she was named a top 40 under 40 honoree by the Michigan Chronicle this past May and named one of the top 50 women leaders of Michigan. It is my honor and privilege to present to you, Ms. Sharice Butler, a Spirit of Detroit Award, and is signed by myself and all eight of my colleagues with the emblem from the city, the gold emblem. And I appreciate you so much. And I would hope that you would like to share a few um, words with us this morning. Thank you so much, Member Calloway. I had not prepared remarks, however, to this honorable, honorable body uh, 
council president pro tem Tate, to my council uh, member from City Council District 3, Scott Vinson, and to each of you, good morning. Um, I stand on the shoulders of the women that come before me. And since you have called out Women's History Month, I, I do this work and I serve because of the example of my grandmother. Um, my grandmother did this work and she uplifted the city of Detroit. And I don't know if, if council member Vincent remembers, but in 2015, I was here and I wasn't sure that I was going to stay. Mm. And I think we had a quick conversation. He knew my family. He knew my grandmother. She was there, mm. as she always <laughs> would be. And he said, we need to keep you here. Um, and there were so many conversations in this Detroit community um, has loved me and has been there for me. And so um, my time back here since July of 2015 has been one of service. Um, if anyone knows anything about me, it is that I believe in the power of young people. And I serve because when I'm used up, when this thing is over, I want them to see not me, but the doors that have been opened, the opportunities that have been created, the resources that have been raised on behalf of the children of Detroit. And so I will continue to work with each and every one of you to make sure that the children of Detroit, the young adults of Detroit, have an opportunity to thrive. So thank you all so much for your service, for your commitment to excellence and for just the, that Detroit continues to stand up and to shine and to, we, we are doing something different. And each of you are called to serve for such a time as this. And so I just thank you for continuing to partner with me. Thank you, Member Callaway, for always speaking, speaking words of life and encouragement to me. When I called to tell you that I was transitioning from the district to city year, you gave me encouragement, and you stopped and prayed with me. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you remember that. And so I continue to pray for each and every one of you for your strength, for your wisdom, and for your courage in this hour. Thank you so much. God bless you. Butler, and I hope my colleagues will join me as we take a picture with Ms. Butler, if you don't mind coming what around. What we we'll do is let's do both presentations, and then we'll and we'll do okay, back all right. Back. But they'll but, be able to have separate pictures. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Okay. Uh, before we do Remember that, we'll allow any members yeah. to provide any comments. I'm just really excited and proud to see one of my bosses here today getting this type of honor. And I do remember that conversation we had a number of years ago. I just can't believe that it's eight years since we had that conversation. I also just want to say your grandmother, who is a shero of the 3rd District and just a great advocate and is still remembered and will be honored. And we plan to place her face on the 3rd mm -hmm. District um, I will say informal Hall of Fame on Farwell's wall. We're doing the mural, and there's going to be a place for all of our uh, heroes and sheroes from the 3rd District who have been great advocates and gone on to glory, and she's going to be one of those. And so that was something that I demanded for that mural, and she's going to be placed there. And so we're really proud to see them, proud to see you here today as well. And I know she's smiling down on you. Thank you, and thank you, Kyle. You make me cry. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so much, mm -hmm. and we will uh, transition to our next Spirit of Detroit awardee. Yes. Uh, we definitely appreciate your work, uh, Ms. Butler. Thank uh, you. Wish you all the best moving forward, and we're here with you.
Thank you, uh, we also like to say for those who would like to provide public comment to this body, you have uh, two minutes before you are cut off. We're going to cut off public collection of public comments in two minutes. All right, Member Kellerman. Thank you. Um, Ms. Butler, you can have your seat with your guests, and I'm going to ask for this amazing young lady to come forward. Um, I'm proud to call her Soror. We belong to the same chapter of the oldest Greek-lettered organization in the world, Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated, founded in 1908 on the campus of Howard University. Good morning, Soror. Good morning, Soror. Initiated in the chapter I'm a proud member of, absolutely. Chief Executive Officer, my soror, Megan Dunn. And we have other sorors in the audience. Joined Covenant House, Michigan, in July of 2022. She comes to Covenant House from YWCA, Kalamazoo, where she was vice president of programs since 2020, managing a $10 million program budget and a team of more than 100 program staff. Among other duties, she supervised a 62-bed shelter for victims of domestic violence, sexual assault, and human trafficking, and one of the first 24-7 child care centers in southwest Michigan. Prior to that, Dunn was Director of Community Outreach and Partnerships for Detroit-based Henry Ford Health Systems for nearly 10 years, and formerly the Deputy Director of Neighborhood City Halls for the City of Detroit. Dunn earned a Bachelor's of Arts degree in English Language and Literature from the University of Michigan and an MBA from Michigan State University. Megan leads with mission has a strong track record with fundraising in both Southeast and West Michigan, and is a strategic and visionary leader. And you were welcome to Covenant House back in July, and we welcome you here this morning. And congratulations. It is my honor to present to you, Megan Dunn, Chief Executive Officer of Covenant House, a Spirit of Detroit Award signed by myself and my eight colleagues with the city's gold emblem. Congratulations, and I hope you'll share a few words with us this morning. Thank you. Council President Pro Tem, Council Member Insoror Calloway, and members of the Detroit City Council, thank you so much for this time this morning. I will tell you, I've you know been very honored and humbled to commit my career. Um, to the betterment of the city of Detroit. And I've received some awards throughout that journey, but nothing hits like this. This is home. And receiving this, this award um, from this esteemed body and representing, um, I'm a current Detroiter and representing all Detroiters, I do accept this and I certainly do appreciate it, the acknowledgement of the work that we're doing. At Covenant House Michigan, we are committed to putting an end to youth homelessness here in the city of Detroit and also on the west side of the state. Young people deserve a safe place to sleep. And so we look forward to working with you and working with other city departments, state 
state agencies, wherever we need to be an advocate, we will be the advocate. Young people will not sleep on the street moving forward as long as Covenant House Michigan is a part of the city of Detroit. So I'm happy to be here. I'm grateful to be here. So grateful to my chapter sorors and all sorors of um, Alpha Kappa Alpha sorority. Thank you, sorors, for your continued support, my family, my friends, and all those that I care about. I'm so appreciative of them. My family from Covenant House, thank you all for being here. And this is like being home. So it's been so, so long since I've been before this body. I look forward to working with your task force on human trafficking because that too shall end. There is no need for that here. It will end. We will end it. So thank you all so much. Thank you for your work. Thank you for your leadership in the city of Detroit. I look forward to working with each of you. And for those members that I don't know well, I look forward to meeting you and getting to know you and, and all of us working together for the betterment of the young people here. Thank you. Thank you, Sora. Comments, colleagues. Oh, don't leave. Don't leave. Oh, oh, don't sorry. leave. Don't okay, leave. I'm, I'm going to give you the love while you're I'm here. Back, I'm back. I'm back. <laughs> well, I want to say something. Uh, I remember, you know, we were the young guns on the 11th floor. We sure were. Yep. And we got our career uh, kind of started here in government. And just to see your ascent to where you are today, Megan, I'm so proud of you. I am uh, thankful. I still have that that T-shirt. I have it, too. <laughs> we, had, uh, we had the uh, Christmas T-shirt exchange or something like that. And I still have it. So I'm just so excited uh, about the future of Covenant, Covenant House here. Uh, with you in the leadership role there. I know where your heart is um, and just understand and know that we're here to support you. We want you to succeed mm -hmm. and we will do whatever it takes to ensure that you're successful because if you're successful, then those folks who you serve will also be successful in their lives. Um, so again, thank you. And don't forget to thank that alpha man that uh, you married to back there as well. He's my secret weapon. That's right. <laughs> People don't understand that. But they find out. Yes. <laughs> but congratulations again, Megan Dunn. Thank you. Anything I else, colleagues? Okay. Vince? Uh, I just want to say congratulations. It's an honor and a privilege. I'm just really glad to see you back here in the city of Detroit with your family. And just to know where we've, I've known you for a long time as well as your family. I just remember um, working with you in the nonprofit sector when you worked for the city of Detroit and bringing resources from the Kilpatrick administration out to our grassroots nonprofits at that time when we were doing development over on Mac and Alter and helping to uh, beautify and then bring commercial development to our city. And we still have those pictures of the time yourself, um, Erica Hill, um, Doug Diggs were out there pushing, picking up trash and making a difference in the community and neighborhood at that time. It's just great to see where careers have gone and how people are still having an impact and a strong commitment to the city of Detroit in great position. So I just want to say congratulations. It's always an honor and privilege to see my good friends. Thank back. you. Thank you. That was Motor City Makeover. It was fun. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you Thanks to this council. Else? I appreciate it. All right. Well, let's take our photos. All right. Yes. Okay. Okay. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I thought they were stuck on that too. <laughs> when I saw that happen, I was like, wow.
Right, we're gonna have we're gonna, we're gonna we're gonna be in the middle, so we can squeeze we can, we can oh. this way. Yeah, I want everybody to be in the middle. Yeah, yeah. I'm taking photos. We're coming. I'm starting for after you. Okay. No problem. And we can try to scoot in as much as possible. It's a little yeah, a little tight. Is it possible we can get a little bit tighter? This is a little too wide for everybody. Yeah. yeah. Maybe if you could come up a little bit so y'all can stagger a little bit. There you go. Yep. Everybody right here. Three, two, and one. And one more. Three, two, and perfect. Okay. And right here. Everybody right here. Three, two, and one. One more. Right, and then right here.
right, thank you so much, Member Callaway. Two very, very well-deserved uh, recognitions there. And we will proceed with the remainder of our agenda. For the budget, finance, and audit standing, oh, I'm sorry, before we go there, please let the record reflect that we've been joined by Member Coleman A. Young. The second. I'm sorry. <laughs> we've, been, we've been joined by Member Young. Clerk was on up. Thank you so much. All right. For the budget, finance, and audit standing committee. Seven reports from various city departments. The seven reports shall be referred to the budget, finance, and audit standing committee. For the public safety standing committee. Six reports from various city departments. Mr. President, I also would like to note that line item 7.6 should actually be referred to planning. So okay. that will leave us with five reports to be referred to public health and safety. The five reports shall be referred to the public health and safety standing committee, noting that uh, 7.6 shall be referred to the planning and economic development standing committee. Thank you. Under other matters? There are no items, Mr. President. Under communications from the mayor and other governmental officials and agencies. There are no items, Mr. President. We shall now call for public comment. Uh, we will have a number of folks who are here in front of us today. We'll give everyone two minutes. And we'll start. Uh, again, we've got four seats there. I'm going to just call names. And when you finish your um, comment, if you will please release your seat and allow the next person to take it. First name we have up, Mr. Kenneth Holloway. Next up, Barb Carmack. Next up, Tom Robbins, excuse me. Uh, next up after that is Ms. Renita Session. Again, everyone will have two minutes. Mr. Holloway, yeah. your time begins now. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Uh, you know, I come here every week. And I will be back every week until my issues get resolved. Uh, I have a question for uh, the uh, your colleague, my uh, uh, city council colleague. I want to know which one of y'all are helping her with the fumes over there where we live at. Uh, Sheffield is not here. Uh, Mr. Tate, uh, can you answer if you helping uh, Ms. Johnson over there with the uh, fumes that we smelling every day for the last couple of years that we've been dealing with, uh, while they're giving $7 million to a dog shelter, and they're giving us nothing over there where we live at to insulate our homes. And everybody think the little money they gave us at first was enough, but they've been poisoning us over there for the longest. And no one seems to help my city council, Letitia Johnson, over there, and y'all supposed to all be colleagues of, of, of Ms. Johnson. Can any, can any of you city council people answer that question? Uh, uh, y'all don't have the race to go first, but uh, I need to know some answers because no one is over there uh, uh, coming to our rescue, but you go, you're coming to a dog's rescue, giving them millions of dollars, which is sad. Uh, I'm thinking about running for city council in one of the districts over there where the people is not performing for the uh, people right now. I know a lot of people in the city of Detroit, been here 60-something years, almost going on 70, and a lot of people ask me to run in different. I'm thinking about moving out of my area and moving in somebody else's area 
to run for uh, city council because I'm tired of giving tax dollars out to you guys and I'm not getting no, no issues resolved over there. Can you answer that, Mr. Tate? You're the pro. You're the pro. I want to ask Ms. Sheffield, but she uh, she's not here. So I'm gonna I'm gonna dock her pay for not being here. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, didn't want to interrupt you, but I'm providing whatever support my colleague. I'm glad you're supporting as well. Needs. So yes, thank you. Taking that empty seat. That's not what I hear. Carmack, you have. Two minutes. Floor's yours. Yeah, I stained my uh, minute for Agnes Hitchcock. I would rather have her talk for me. The floor's yours. I'd rather have Agnes. Don't Hitchcock. do that. You have two minutes. The floor's yours. Okay, I came here last Friday, and the door was locked. There was ten seats here that was sitting available. The doors were locked. The mayor was sitting here. They didn't allow nobody to come here. They allow everybody today to come and fill these chairs up, but they didn't allow it then. Just because he was here, he knew I was here, and that's the only reason. He did the same thing over at Agne uh, Virgie Rollins' house. He was with the vice president. He was sitting in the car. He wouldn't even come in the house till I left. He sent the president's team to ask me to leave. That's how scared he is of me. I ain't never threatened him, never said a word to him, ain't going to whoop him, but whoop his rear. There's no reason to lock the doors. This is a public building. The doors should be open for anybody and everybody. We should be able to talk and say whatever we want to say. You know, what kind of freedoms are in this world nowadays? You know? Situation is, you guys don't want to investigate nothing. He committed a crime. He committed fraud. He abused the power. You can look at the clock. I'm going to keep coming. He committed a crime. He should go to prison for this. You know, and your accessory conspiracy to a crime, but you have knowledge of it. And I gave all of you documentation. You know that he's committed a crime. That puts you in the chain of command of a crime. It's called RICO. You all could go to jail for a crime that he committed. You going to put your life on it for this man? I don't think so. You got to think of yourselves here and fight for the people. Wake up. Heck, you got kids getting beat. You got kids getting shot. You're getting 70 year old women drug out of the building. Thank you so much. You should be proud of that. Thank you so much. Taking the empty seat is Agnes Hitchcock. It's Tim Ro Tom Robbins. Pardon, my pardon. Pardon me. Uh, Good morning. Um, currently, there are several citizens whose property has been repossessed or taken over taxes, taxes that have been over assessed at a uh, rate that's uh, higher than their actual worth. This has been going on for several, several years, at least a decade. And, uh, to the, and it hasn't been done to businesses, only residences. Um, I know the, the people, the, the working people that formerly owned these homes worked hard to maintain them, to purchase them, to maintain them. And it's a shame that the uh, financial interests, along with the comprador class that cooperates with them, has uh, finagled a way to get these properties away from these citizens 
so that the uh, your uh, your capital uh, holders like Illich or or uh, Gilbert and their ilk can just take everything. Um, uh, it's, the, the comprador, it can't be, it can't be overemphasized, the role of the comprador class that kind of looks like the residents of the city, but who um, have nothing in common. They try to stay as way, uh, far away as possible from the regular people of Detroit and basically serve, the, serve each other, uh, massaging each other, and uh, receiving the rewards from their, um, from their controllers for doing their job. Thank you. Thank you. Taking the empty seat will be Black Jesus. Uh, Rinless Sessions, the floor is yours. You have two minutes. Let's stop the time. As you're ruffling those those documents, we can't hear you. I'm sorry? As you ruffle the documents, we can't hear what you're saying. Oh, I'm sorry. And, and it's not just you, but also the other two on the side of you. So just FYI. Oh, okay. All right. So the floor remains yours. All right. Uh, I would like to yield my time to Agnes Hitchcock, but if you all not allowing us to yield our time? No, ma'am. We don't do that anymore. Okay. Well, I wanted to show you all this, and I'll try not to ruffle it. Uh, this is what I have to say. All these properties are being foreclosed on. This doesn't make any sense. Now, I had a friend. Now, you, the city of Detroit owes me over $8,000 the way they overassess my property and my mother's property. A friend of mine owns a, a small ranch. He was overassessed by $7,000. And then I have a friend who lives in a mansion uh, uh, near the uh, golf course. He was overassessed by uh, over $7,000. That doesn't make any sense. How can a small ranch be overassessed $7,000, over $7,000, and a mansion by the same tune. But yet, Eric Sabri, who lives near the golf course, his property was not over-assessed, and he lives near the mansion that belongs to a friend of mine. Uh, you're, you're allowing some crazy stuff to go on in the city of Detroit. I want my money. I want my over $8,000. I had to sell my mother's house for a song and a dance because I couldn't afford to keep up the taxes on her property and my property. Had they been assessed properly, maybe I would have been able to keep my mother's property. She, she had died at the time uh, that I was trying to keep up the property taxes on that property. So I, I want my money. I want my $8,000, over $8,000 actually. I would like it. Stop giving the money to the millionaires, Thank the you, billionaires. I'm sorry. Thank you. <laughs> MTC. The Jay Jurgensen taking that MTC. Mr. Cunningham, the floor is yours, sir. Good morning. Thanks for the two minutes, Council Pro Tim. Thank you kindly. Um, I've been giving out hand warmers and bus tickets out in the community. Um, 
people are a little standoffish at first, but once you tell them you're giving out free hand warmers and bus tickets, they warm up real quick. Now, some people probably don't get any treats or any type of love out here. I know sometimes I feel like I don't. Um, and to get something for free, and they're waiting a little bit longer to get on the buses, uh, I go to the bus stops and um, the transit centers, the transit hubs. 313-444-9114. A lot of people have texted me. I've been asking you guys under the sound of my voice to get on the coaches and the buses after 6 p.m. on the weekday and on the weekends in its entirety. So many people have been texting me. On Facebook, it's Forced Subservience Cunningham. On Facebook, Forced Subservience Cunningham. It's anonymous to call and it's anonymous to uh, to listen on, on that phone or and also to go to um, Facebook. On the 14th, the nightly meeting, um, my mother wants to come, and she will be there. Um, uh, been getting her out on dates and stuff like that. Um, I have to purchase or rent a vehicle that lets the wheelchair go in without having to um, lift her and move her because her legs don't work. But I thank you all for your prayers, um, as always. And... Um, one more time, 313-444-9114. I'm asking you to pray in the Holy Spirit. I feel like I'm under a financial attack. And also, people have sent cash apps to me, and it says Dead Fairy, all caps. And just strange names on there, just like threatening. But God hath not given me a spirit of fear, but power, love, and sound mind. And I got this chain from somebody very important, and it says, No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Any time that rise up in judgment, thou shalt condemn. So, um... Pray in the Holy Spirit, drink a lot of water, and call my name and my mother's name out in the atmosphere. Thank you so much, Thank Council. You. Thank you. Thank you again. Thank you. Taking the empty seat will be Ruby Riley. Ms. Hitchcock, the floor is yours. You have two minutes. We can't hear you. Make it green. And I'm the steward of Call em Out. Call em Out is a group in the city of Detroit that worked to hold black elected officials accountable to the people who put them in office. That's what we do. We work to hold black elected officials accountable to the people who put them in office. Every year we have what is known as a Sambo dinner. That is supposed to expose, humiliate, and embarrass black elected officials who do not serve the interests of black people. My definition for a Sambo is a Negro who serves the interests of his oppressor over the interests of his own people. This year at the awards dinner, the winners were the Reverend Dr. Jim Holly, who went to Ukraine to help the Ukraine refugees while we have black refugees in the city of Detroit. Can't have food in here, man. Can't have food in here. Second place is taken by Scott Benson, who serves the interests of Mayor Duggan, Mike Duggan, excuse me, because he's a weak, sniveling, dirty city council person. Third place went to the NAACP <coughs> because they serve the interests of Wendell Anthony and Mike Duggan. You <coughs> have taken property and created black refugees in the city of Detroit. 
by taking their houses for taxes they didn't owe. Oh, you want to turn me over? You have taken black people's houses for taxes they did not owe. You created black refugees in the city of Detroit. Let me tell you something. You have a vote. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, Mrs. Scott. Thank you. We shall recess to the call of the chair. You will all have again your two minutes uninterrupted. All right. We shall now bring back the formal session for Tuesday, March 7th. Will the clerk please call the roll? <clears throat> Councilmember Scott Benson. Councilmember Fred Durhall III. Councilmember Letitia Johnson. Present. Councilmember Gabriela Santiago Romero. Present. Councilmember Mary Waters. Present. Councilmember Angela Whitfield Calloway. Present. Councilmember Comey Young II. Here. Council President Pro Tem James Tate. Here. Mr. Chair, you have a quorum. Thank you. We have a quorum, which means we're now in session and taking the empty seat is Mr. John Love. Black Jesus, the floor is yours. You have two minutes. Oh, yeah. You can go ahead and start the clock right now, James Tate. Uh, direct this right to you. Kanisha Coleman did not shoot herself. I repeat, she did not shoot herself in possibility, according to the laws of physics. Angela Calloway, Scott Benson. Uh, same thing applies with uh, Mr. Carmack over here. I researched his case. He didn't commit a crime according to the laws of the state of Michigan. Uh, he didn't have the keys to the car to operate it. So I don't know how you charge him with operating under influence. And he definitely didn't sign his name on that deed or no documents. And there's no documents and witnesses in his case. So I don't know how the prosecutor up in Genesee was able to charge him with a crime and what judge signed a search warrant with no witnesses and documentation in the case. Now, uh, secondly, let's get to, uh, well, no, this will be thirdly. Let's get to the fact that the city has filed this uh, <laughs> frivolous, uh, unfair and unjust lawsuit against uh, Bishop over at Perfecting Church. Perfecting Church has been charged of being a nuisance to the community. I know for a fact that uh, Bishop Watt Winans has done the good work of the Lord, dedicated his life to it. So the city needs to back the F up off him and perfect in church and, you know, work with him, if anything, like they do to other non-black developers here that get untold tax incentives, abatements. And um, while we're on that issue of taxes, this is the greatest tax robbery here in the city of Detroit against the black residents. Everybody in this room is 
that's in Detroit, the resident has been robbed because there's been a number of illegally issued, illegally issued municipal bonds. You all have the information pertaining to the legality of it, the situation. You know it's concrete, irrefutable proof that uh, Urban Corley, who's 30th buddy season, John Neglick appeared before Fred Durhall's committee. Mr. Durhall, you unlimited general obligation bonds, tax obligation bonds require voter approval, not notice. Thank you. And will the clerk please note that we have been joined by Member Durhall. Good morning, sir. So note. Taking the empty seat is Cindy Dara. Jay Jurgensen, the floor is yours. You have two minutes. Good morning, Council. Good to see you again. Um, just real quick, I checked across my eight properties on one street in Jefferson, in, in Jefferson Chalmers, my assessments went up from 5 to 45 percent on one street. All the properties are essentially almost exactly the same, so there is no rhyme or reason about what happens with assessments. I've not done a ton of improvements to one and no improvements to the other, yet across my small portfolio, there is a range of 5 to 45 percent changes in assessment. That makes no sense, just to speak to the issues and the folks that were in front of me. You know, I come to you every week to speak about what's happening in our community. Um, <clears throat> so FEMA awarded a contract to the Michigan State Police. The Michigan State Police is our interface with FEMA. They issued an RFP for case management services. The Society of St. Vincent de Paul has a national organization that provides case management services to individuals' communities. They and Wayne Metro were um, awarded a contract by the state to provide case management services to residents in our community that were affected by the flood in June of 2021, but they have no resources to manage. Zero. When I was working in Harris County in Houston, the ex-CEO of Shell led a private effort to raise funds from corporate interests and philanthropy to provide long-term disaster recovery resources for residents that were affected. There are residents that still have sewage in their basement 20 months after the storm. How is that acceptable? How is that acceptable? whether folks are having their property degraded because they're being taken by inappropriate taxation or whether they're being degraded by allowing them to deteriorate because of the conditions they've been settled with is unacceptable. There were $196 million worth of losses across the metropolitan area in that storm. That typically represents a fourth to a third, uh, excuse me, 20 to 25%. So over a billion dollars in one Thank storm. You. Thank you. Taking the empty seat will be Claude Gracie. Claude Gracie. Ruby Rowley, the floor is yours. You have two minutes. Good morning. Good morning. Well, since I found out some news as I came down, I might as well speak on the overcharge that I was overcharged on my property. $1,202. Um, plus, I had to get a loan to pay that when I paid, well, my taxes that they say I was behind on. I had to get a loan, so I would like to have interest paid back on that and my $1,202. Also, I'm talking about, I'm going to speak about the house next door to me again, even though it's been investigated. Council, uh, woman Mary Waters at large, she looked into it. I'm not satisfied. The house was built in 1967. Mine was built in 1924. They over there tearing it down from the patio that was in the back to the front, and they are putting debris on my lot behind that property. I reported to the building and safety engineer. 
I haven't seen anything done yet. When we had that power outage last week before last, a tree fell on the wire right next to the alley where the property is. They took that the DTE, didn't cut it up. The people that's working on the house took it down, cut it up, and put it on my property. I want that off of my lot behind that property. I called and reported, that's what you call, what you call it, illegal dumping. I need that removed off of my property. So, hope Scott Benson is my city council. I hope he going to speak with them uh, and have them to remove it. We will be protesting. I belong to Detroit NAN, and I am uh, on the executive board. We will be protesting that property because I've been taking care of it since 2005. My roof still isn't done to my house. I did sign up with you snapback, thanks to Mary Councilwoman at Large Mary Waters, when I went to the uh, meeting they had about the property taxes, and so you snapback hopefully be helping me soon. But I need them to get that off my property, even though they say they're from Ukraine. Please have them clean that whole lot that they put it on there. Thank you so much. And Member Waters would like to um, make thank, a comment. Uh, thank you, uh, Mr. Mr. Chairman. So. Um, <clears throat> Ms. Riley, the, the house that you're talking about next door to you, you know, once it goes to the auction and, and, it, and it's not sold, um, that particular house was returned uh, to the city, actually, uh, mm -hmm. to a program called uh, Bridging Communities. Now, I'll have to check into what really happened to that because this is all a part of the city's... Um, um, efforts to do renovations and things like that. So I will check on that specific property. I'll go a step further and ask them what are their plans for that home that has uh, now reverted to bridging communities, okay? Uh, and the other piece of it, yes, we will, we will assist you. And who, did you, who dumped it? The people next door that's working on it. And I tried to, uh, they, uh, they're from, they say they're from Ukraine. But there's a, a construction company. The name is not on the, on the truck. Okay. I took pictures, and when I speak to them, they act like they don't understand English. Oh. But okay. now got so I need them to clean that whole lot. You can All see right. their tire trucks right. and with, and got I had you, to get uh, them off my property. I told got you, Miss Riley. We, we're gonna we're gonna take care of it. All right. I've been taking care of that property since 2005. That's a long time. All she right. Thank you. Nowhere, but Sounds you like member member Waters yes. and your team will continue to work with Miss Riley. Yes. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Thank I love so Miss Riley. <laughs> all right, we all do. Uh, taking the empty seat is Rogelio Landon. Rogelio Landon. Mr. Love, you have the floor. Two minutes. John Love, I've been uh, dealing with the corrupt village organization that's been extracting uh, money from the city and nothing's been done about it. Uh, you worked over Maroon the other day. You need to get Illich down here and have him account for what he's been doing to the city. One of them is 50,000 tickets, and here's the lease agreement for children of low-income families to go to the ticket, to go to the tire games. That means you could have a thousand dollar, thousand tickets for every one of your districts. Maybe there's some low-income families there, some kids. It's they're being cheated out of this, and it's. A demonstration of what's going on. Uh, Illich is pulling the, the, the uh, strings here. You're doing nothing about it. That's what's disgusting about it. Uh, he cheated us on the hotels. 
He tore down two hotels. He failed to build the hotel next to the ice rink that he committed to build, and now he wants more money to build some more hotels. Wow, this is a deal. You gotta get right on this one. Uh, here's the facts on the hotels. There's 5,000 rooms in Detroit area, uh, downtown. 75% are occupied. Uh, 800 new rooms are coming on next this coming year. So we're going to get some more hotels in there. It's going to be detrimental to the existing hotels because they don't they get them for free because the city's going to be paying half the bill. That's what you're doing to facilitate this irresponsible action. And here's another one. 2005, this is on Grand Circus Park. Grand Circus Park since 2005. Oh, we're working on fixing the city up. No, they're working on fixing you over, and you're putting up with it. Uh, Doug is busy. Maybe you can Thank you. All right, taking the last, taking the seat is our last public commenter from the Committee of the Whole is Patricia here. Robinson. Cindy Dara, you have two minutes. The floor is yours. Who do I turn it into? Ms. Dara, the floor is yours. Yeah, uh, Cindy Dara. Uh, this young woman back here, if I think she's uh, taking over her mother's direct relationship. She shouldn't have to go to a higher tax rate, according to the Headley Amendment. Uh, if you're uh, the people that got the building at whatever price they got it, they can only raise the, the actual taxes paid, regardless of the assessed value, for, uh, about 5%, I think, inflation a year, but that's as much as they can raise those taxes. Now, uh, so I think that she's been overcharged, and a lot of people, when they come down here, somehow they shouldn't have been having their actual rate increase, just, just the evaluation. Now, this will uh, gentrify Detroit. My property went from 40000 to over 200000 just because... I, I live in an area that they really don't want me there, but they'd like to probably tear me down and make a parking lot out of me. But uh, the, the uh, whole idea, you know, Illich has the buildings across the street, but they're not in the DDA yet because they only went to the uh, Charlotte in the middle of the alley. So by being on Peterborough, Woodstock doesn't come, uh, can't get the welfare benefits, so they won't be fixing that up probably. Uh, but uh, I sent you, did you, I want to know, did you get that? I wrote a history of the Illich as much as I knew, but I did not put in the fact that they took over the Motor City Casino, which was a black-owned casino, and they got it after they tore down public housing. Uh, that Jeffrey's low-rise and mid-rise, and, and then they got the land. The city gave it somehow to the Illiches, and then the Illiches traded it with uh, Stroger so that he could uh, get out of the Motor City Casino. He was the biggest black owner. Thank so you, this is the kind of thing that you need to check on. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. Our next speaker is Mr. Claude Gracie. Ms. Darn, your two minutes are over. Thank you. 
Mr. Gracie, floor is yours, sir. Good morning, all. My name is Claude Gracie Jr. I'm a visionary and the founder of Soul Fork Community Companions, and I'm also in partnership with the Friends of Woodward, who was a, a team who did some uh, work to the old Hudson Building back in the 90s. We partnership together uh, with a vision called the World Block Community Association, which we want to uh, some way, somehow, uh, combine, or, or should I say collect, with uh, the, the founding neighborhoods that's already established, such as Midtown, Downtown, uh, the New Center area, as well as the North End. We got our minds, uh, we got our focus, should I say, on the third district. Now, I'm transitioning from problematic to professional. You know, I was once a problem in our community. I'm now want to be uh, a community uh, sol solutioner, and I'm asking for support from the city council. I met Miss Waters a while back. She told me to make, herself, make myself visible to her. So I'm up here trying to show my face to you guys and let y'all know that uh, it's still hope for the city. Our, our city still got a spirit, got a soul, and I want to be a part of that, uh, that, that, that beautiful energy that we got. You know, we got our issues like any family I have, right? But we also got our solutions. So, uh, yes, I, I just, once again, trying to be visible. I'm a work in process, but at the same time, I got compassion, I got hope, and I got a soul like the city of Detroit, y'all. Thank you for being here. Uh, Member Benson. Uh, we appreciate all the help that we can get in supporting the third district. And, sir, I've requested my staff get your contact information. Grayson. Mr. Grayson. So Mr. we've requested staff to get your contact information. So upon your departure, she'll get your information from you, okay? And we'll reach out to you. Yes, sir. All right. Our last speaker in the Committee of the Whole for public comment is Patricia Robinson. I am Patricia yours. Robinson. I'm a retiree, 35 years of service. I want to know what about the promise they made to the retirees regarding the bankruptcy and the money that they took from us that should be paid back. It was illegal in the first place. I would like to know from the council, do they have any plans of either stop taking the money that they're taking from us or either paying us back. Any additional comment, ma'am? There is no response. Ms. Robinson, we don't respond during your time. This is your time, your two minutes. Oh, I didn't know. Yes, yeah. ma'am. Okay. Do you have any additional comments? No, I, I don't. I just want the money. Yes, ma'am. So what we'll do is we'll have someone, I'll have someone from my team come over and talk to you and provide you with the documentation that we've been able to uh, provide and gather uh, and provide other retirees up to this point. I don't understand. What I don't understand is how you charge interest on interest. Thank you so much. If they can explain that, it would be appreciated. Thank you. All right, I did have a card with Dolores Brown, but it was crossed out. Is she gone? All right. So we shall now go to...
general public comments online. Good morning, Ari. How many callers do we have and who do we have first? Good morning, Pro Tem Tate. Uh, we have uh, 24 hands raised uh, on Zoom. And the first caller is Candace Morgan. Candace Morgan, thank you for joining us. You have two minutes, general public comment. Good morning, Honorable Council. My name is Candace Morgan, and I am the Director of Government Programs for Coalition on Temporary Shelter. I'm also the Vice Chair for the Detroit Continuum of Care. I'm calling in today to urge you to approve the proposed Homelessness Strategic Action Plan contract with Barbara Poppy and Associates. I have been a part of a lot of discussions and meetings and reviews um, building up to uh, choosing this organization for this particular assignment. It is something that we really need within our homeless community. I've been working in this community for 30 years and we need some, some help and we need some experts who can help us dive down deeper until what it is we need and, and give us a scan of our community. Um, we've, we reviewed many applications and they were the best. And so we're asking uh, you, um, honorable council people to, to give, give this opportunity a chance. It's, it's something that this community really needs and we need your support. So we're asking again for your support in this area. I believe it's important. Uh, this community believe it's important. And now we're asking you to support us in making this happen. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Next caller, please. The next caller is Donna Price. Donna Price, thank you for joining us. You have two minutes. General public comment. Good morning, Honorable Council. May I, may I be heard? Yes, you may. My name is Donna Price and I am I'm um, a member of the Detroit COC Executive Board. I'm also a person with lived experience of homelessness with the, and I'm the chair of the Detroit Advisory Board. Um, I also sit on camp governance and I've personally been a person reviewing these contracts with Barbara Poppy. I've sat at the table with them and this is the best choice. As a person with lived experience, this is what we need in our city, um, someone that can come in and help us construct a better homeless system. I believe that we need this contract because we, we need an action plan that supports our most vulnerable residents, that focuses on equity and is led by persons with lived experience of homelessness, like myself. Community members have access funds fundamentally reshape to fundamentally reshape our system how our, how our system operates and this plan will allow Detroit to create the homelessness system they want to see with the true accountability they've asked for Detroiters want the opportunities to work with national experts to create a clear unified set of priorities for how Detroit will work to reduce homelessness for our residents we have limited funding to address homelessness and need a coordinated plan led by our community to determine how to best use the limited funds we do have. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Next caller, please. 
The next caller is surplus must pay for six hundred million over tax. All right. Good morning. The floor is yours. You have two minutes. Yes. Good morning. I want to thank you. Uh, before you start my minutes, I want to uh, congratulate Sharice Butler and Megan Dunn uh, of Covenant House. Um, we want to congratulate them. Also, I want to recognize Irma L. Henderson, the first black woman african-american on city council but for city council president of city council um can you start my minutes back over i did those congratulations can you start that back over for me so i can make my public comment my nope. two minutes this is your public comment ma'am the floor is yours um number 17.2 president sheffield submitting memorandum relative to request for fiscal impact on property tax reform ordinance. We're for that. Uh, uh, affordable housing and uh, homeless task force supports number 18.3, President Sheffield submitting memorandum relative to um, requesting an opinion on, on the right to counsel funding uh, um, opinion. Also no on district uh, district uh, of Detroit. Uh, Definitely say no to that. We we can do better in our investment. We can use um, other people who who have uh, an interest in Detroit that are millionaires, billionaires, and black billionaires who can uh, give us a better return for our money and property, and stop uh, rewarding these uh, billionaires like Illiges. A vote no on pro on this uh, proposition. Voted down and hire people know how to make better deals for the city since these other folks have proven to be derelict and bankrupt at doing so. Ross Illich have never kept their agreements for which they should not be rewarded that are willing to invest in Detroit. The people that are willing to invest in Detroit, we want to make sure that they have the opportunity. Uh, we want competitive ideas in the process and we want you to refund our money uh, $600 million that was stolen from us through illegal taxation and illegal foreclosures. We thank you. Thank you, thank you so much. The next caller, please. The next caller is William M. Davis. William M. Davis, the floor is yours. You have two minutes, general public comment. Good morning, can I be heard? Yes, you can. Okay, I'd like to start off by saying I got over 200 calls since the mayor made his pitiful uh, and, you know, assessment on Friday. 200 city retirees called me. That means there's probably at least two or 3,000 that's very upset that would like to do something about that. Just looking at just what's been going on with city retirees. Like, take myself. I got a 15.5% uh, clawback. I got a 4.5% pension cut. I got a 2.25% cost of living cut. I'm not, not one of y'all could probably live on a 22.25 cut. Yet we have a multimillionaire president, a mayor that's from a, a prominent Republican family. In fact, his father was a, a Ronald Reagan appointee. It, it, it appears as like he does not care. So a lot of retirees now are trying to weigh options. You know, we cannot wait for him to suddenly remember about repaying us or doing something. Something needs to be done. You know, I've, I've been trying to stay away from, uh, there's been a number of people that want to recall a couple of y'all. I've been trying to stay away from that. There's, you know, more and more people now wants to recall the mayor. I could tell you this, 
if something isn't done, something needs to be done. Uh, because if this mayor does not do more, you know, we need to remove this mayor, be it by the recall process or by encouraging people to know dirt on him to come forward and say what they know. You know, more needs to be done for the city of Detroit retirees now. And I could guarantee if a couple thousand city retirees start working towards removing some of y'all, it will happen. It, you know, because our dismal voting turnout in the last governor's race, it doesn't take that many people. You know, they could just talk to their neighbors and friends and relatives in the city of Detroit. So I want y'all to step up and do more to help city Detroit retirees this year. Thank you. Our next caller, please. The next caller is Karen Winston. Karen Winston, thank you for joining us. You have two minutes, general public comment. Hello. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Doing well. Your time has begun. All right, great. Um, have you guys, I just want to make sure you guys have all had your open meetings at training. Because it doesn't seem like you have. You're supposed to get that open meetings at training so you know how to respond and react to, um, you know, the citizens when they call and try to request or even offer, you know, information to you. So, you know, you can't just uh, throw this them off. For instance, case in point, yesterday I was totally locked out. I couldn't come back in the meeting. So I'm sure that's a violation of the Open Meetings Act. Now, it says the Open Meetings Act says you should encourage public comment, not discourage it. So I think you guys are on the wrong track. If you have had your training, you need to be retrained so you understand, you know, the ramifications of not allowing public comment. Now, I mean, now the last person you put out, all I did was ask a question. I don't think that deserves for me to be blocked. Can't come back. I kind of picture if you want to see that. No more outsourcing. You have no control. You have zero control um, when you outsource uh, things to people. You give it to him. He gives it to him. And nobody knows what the heck is going on, where the money is. That's how the millions and billions of dollars get lost. Mr. Corley, you, you made a statement about you think the retirees would like health care. No, retirees would like their daggone money back. You can't speak for retirees until you retire. You guys better need to get it together because I know you most of you guys got two pensions. I know Kate um, uh, Young, you guys got two. That's why you're there. You got a state, you got a city. I don't even have one daggone whole pension. So yeah, you need to do something. You need to do it now. No split rate tax because this is just another scam. Now they're going to tax the land because that's all they got left is land. So now they want to tax the land and the house. You're going to end up with more taxes. Heck you know. Thank you. Thank you. Next caller, please. The next caller is Christine Suave or Suave. Christine Suave. Good morning. You have two minutes. Good morning, City Council. My name is Christine Sove. I serve as one of the co-chairs for the Detroit Immigration Task Force. On behalf of our 30 plus task force members, I'm respectfully requesting that this honorable body seek a legal opinion from the Legislative Policy Division as to whether the city is in violation 
of the Municipal Identification Card Ordinance that was passed in 2016. Uh, the city suspended the Detroit ID program three years ago now at the start of the COVID-19 pandemic, and the program still remains shuttered today. The Municipal ID Ordinance clearly states upon request, the administering agency shall issue a municipal identification card to any resident who meets the application requirements. Um, residents of all backgrounds really want the city to establish, to reestablish the safe and trusted version of the Detroit ID program we all had come to support. We are looking for this action as soon as possible, and we are hoping to reestablish a program that protects resident data privacy. So rather than use an outside vendor that may share applicant data with immigration and customs enforcement, we're urging the city administration to purchase equipment to print the cards in-house, just like they do in Washtenaw County and in Kalamazoo County. And this would be at a fraction of the cost of Detroit's last vendor contract. The equipment would cost about $10,000 versus the cost of the last contract, which was $50,000. So thank you uh, for hearing this request, and we look forward to seeing LPD's review of the matter. Thank you. Thank you. Next caller, please. The next caller is Betty A. Varna. Betty Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, honorable uh, council members. My name is Betty A. Varna, born and raised in the city of Detroit, a proud resident of District 7, I'm also uh, president of the Soda Ellsworth Black Association. But today, what's most important is I'm here to advocate for seniors and people with disabilities to help us uh, with the challenges of staying in our homes. And what I mean by that, we need help in making our homes handicap accessible. We need uh Ramps. We need uh, items to help make our homes safe. We need help in uh, purchasing and walk-in showers. And we want to be in the neighborhoods that we have invested so much of our lives in. Uh, my members of my Black club, the majority of us have been in the same neighborhood and homes for over 30 some years. I've been in my home for over 50 years. Uh, I'm quite sure there are seniors and people with disabilities all over the city of Detroit could use this help. So I'm asking that you all please think about the seniors, people who have invested, paid taxes, did their part uh, to be uh, a good citizen of the city of Detroit. Uh, some of us are still doing work to help to improve and beautify our neighborhoods. Uh, we're working every day. So I just ask that please think about the seniors and the uh, people with disabilities. I thank you for this time. God bless you. God bless you as well. Thank you. Our next caller, please. The next caller is Stephen Haring. Stephen Haring, thank you for joining us. You have two minutes, general public comment. Awesome. Can I be heard? We can hear you. Awesome. So I just want to say I'm happy we're um, making progress on the bus driver. Hey, and I strongly want to thank um, 
Councilwoman Santiago Romaros for um, taking our concerns. Because um, one of my employees' sons got a job as a lifeguard. And, you know, that starts at 15 an hour, the same wage as a GDOT driver. I mean, I just can't get over how a team working a summer job as a lifeguard could be making the same as a bus driver. I, I just can't get that. Um, and regarding District Detroit, I want to echo um, most of the people speaking, the misinformed information from last meeting are professional protesters and complainers. The Detroit People's Platform tried to go after the Amazon warehouse, which didn't even use any tax incentives. They are smart, well-educated people and know the actual economics. They just don't want our city to move forward. We saw that with Proposal P. My recommendation is for each council member to host an in-person workshop for their constituents and educate them the true facts. And if this is something they would support or oppose based on facts, I'm not saying they have to support it, but it's... But they need to know the facts, not listen to professional complainers and protesters like Bob Carmack, Theo Pride, and Nico Williams, and the crazy lady that got thrown out. <laughs> um, and I want to take the rest of my time to know, um, how's it going on that um, resolution um, in support of the gun control laws? Because I have looked at the agendas and I don't um, see it anywhere yet. Maybe I <laughs> missed it or something, but I just think it's very important that um, the city of Detroit, um, which has just been, I mean, I can't even say devastated by gun violence. That's an understatement. Thank you. And I, I did allow the commenter to continue, but I will cut off anyone who uh, issues derogatory statements towards members of the public. All right. No insults. No insults. Next caller, please. The next caller is Carol Hughes. Carol Hughes, thank you for joining us. The floor is yours. You have two minutes. Good morning, chairperson and um, uh, council members and citizens. May I speak? We can hear you. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> um, I don't know who the last guy was, the Karen who just called, but thank you for checking him. Um, I am ditto the Black Jesus and Agnes for uh, uh, our money back. You have $230 million of surplus, and if a mayor has two, a $2 billion budget and he can't budget out of that, he has to take your surplus, there's something wrong with his numbers. He's doing something incorrect. <clears throat> I am calling about 14.1. I hear a lot of people calling in. Why doesn't Miss Poppy come in herself and tell us what her strategy is? I would like to hear it before we offer up a half a million dollars. Everybody is calling in speaking for her, but I heard the, the women on the phone, and they sound like giddy little girls talking about uh, they don't have any direction. I don't know where she's been, but homelessness is not a new problem in Detroit, and we have a lot of people who are trained, and we don't need to go to Ohio to find Miss Poppy. And if she thinks her program is so good. Why doesn't she come to the table? Uh, 14.3, $122,000 on a house that looks like, I don't know what, but we tear down brick homes in the city of Detroit that look 
10 times better than that. There's, there's a problem here. And back to 14.1, the RFP process must be corrupt. And I've written several RFPs, and I don't get with the people who are bidding on the RFPs. It sounds like something fraudulent has gone on here, and you need to check that process. 21.3, 100% ARPA funding for $5 million for cameras, and that's ARPA money, and, and that's to the police who who. Uh, have charged who has been the cause of uh, our risk management uh, uh, numbers having to be paid more because of their actions. But this is for license recognition. And the and the lady who came in about the, the Ukraine, we see what's going on. Yeah, you're throwing us out of our houses and putting people, uh, refugees and uh, illegals in our homes. Thank you so much. Next caller, please. The next caller is Bobby Johnson. Bobby Johnson, thank you for joining us. You have two minutes to general public comment. Thank you. Thank you. Happy New Year's. It's been a while since I've called in, but it comes to my attention that we're about to give Illich and them seven, $797 million. We've given these people all this money. With us giving these people this money, we're going to lose $226 million towards our schools. Our kids right now, we're investing in our downtown. We're investing in a lot of things, but we're not investing in our future. Our kids are our future. Over in District 7, we're throwing up a recreation center on Rouge Park. The reason to throw up a recreation center on Rouge Park is to have a cover swimming pool. Now that's going to be phase two. We know how phase two goes. I will suggest that this honorable body tread real lightly on how you vote because this five to four is going to stop. We're going to invest in our seniors. We're going to invest in our children. We're going to invest in our neighborhood. Now, them investing $12 million, they can go to Ohio. They can go anyplace else. But no, they come here because it's Black Rand, and they think they're going to get over. Duggan's about to leave. With all this demolition and this emergency demolition, $13 million here, $13 he's he's stocking up making himself and his partners million, planning you want to invest $1.7 million. We plan and corporations come in and plan for us and nothing ever arises out of it. What I will say to you is how you vote is how you will be judged. I know our District 7 will be having meetings. Thank you. Next caller, please. The next caller is Renard Munchansky. Hi, good. Oh, it's still morning. Good morning. Uh, can I be heard, President Pro Yes, sir. We can hear you. Mr. President, thank you. Um, thank you, uh, members of council. Um, my name is Renard. I am a long-term resident of the city of Detroit and organizer with Detroit People's Platform Transit Justice Team. I'm out uh, to speak in encouragement of um, increasing the DDOT budget for operators and also focusing more of our transit funding um, on operation funding. And so here's why. Uh, we need to really upgrade how our operators interface with the DDOT system. One, their pay needs to be higher. I think everybody agrees with that, and that needs to be done. The other thing is 
is communication. What I've learned is that drivers often last in the line to hear about changes to the system, including riders. It's unacceptable that we hear like six days before, um, you know, the 28th of February that they're changing um, the pay app for uh, our dart system which is used to pay for our apps on our phone and we just show the phone and that's been around before covid so why the sudden change the same thing has happened with the state fairgrounds sudden changes as well you're moving the uh state fairgrounds transit center like the hub 500 feet north and there was a weekend notice about that that's unacceptable and that should be unacceptable to this body because they have to if they're informing the public and we don't know what's going on how do you all know what's going on as well so i think the communications needs to be improved as well too and um also have an investigation um talk to drivers talk to veteran drivers former drivers, young drivers, and drivers of more seniority as to what are the hindrances beyond pay that are deterring people from staying with DDOT as well, too, and do the harder work of that. And you all have that power to do so, and I encourage you all to. So um, I would say that, and I would be more vocal and send things in writing um, about uh, specific budget items. Uh, thank you for the opportunity to speak. Thank you. Next caller, please. The next caller is phone number ending in 711. Caller ending in 711. The floor is yours. You have two minutes. General public comment. Good morning. My name is Malik Shelton. I'd just like to say for the record that I cannot wait to challenge WCFO John Niglett on the falsehoods he told pertaining to public notice requirements for municipal bond issuances here in the city of Detroit. It will be easy peasy to disprove his misstatements and his falsehoods. Duggan and his CFO have also issued millions in tax exempt capital improvement bonds, which also require public notice as well as public meetings. Not just pursuant to state laws, but also pursuant to IRS regulations, specifically Section 1.147. F.1 for the purpose of federal tax laws. And the taxes that capital improvement bonds must be spent on city infrastructure and not on short term items like police cars, vets, computers, golf courses, golf clubs, and uh, some uh, pregnancy clinics and some of the other stuff that Duggan has squandered our long-term infrastructure bond funds on. Finally, Councilman Durhall, this is to you. Do you know the name, the specific name of the bond attorney at Miller Canfield that Deputy CFO Neglet allegedly said gave him that information uh, that revenue bonds and refunding bonds do not require notices in the state of Michigan or for the city of Detroit. That's for you, Durhall. Do you know his name? Do you know the name, the attorney, the bond attorney, the bond counsel over at uh, Miller Canfield that gave Nagy that information? Since you allowed him to get away with that at your committee meeting, you at least know the attorney that John Naglet spoke to. What is his name? Do you Thank you so much. Next caller, please. The next caller is Marguerite Maddox Scarlett. Marguerite Maddox Scarlett, thank you for joining us. The floor is yours, General Public Congress. Good morning. 
Good morning. Can you hear me okay? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Morning. One more. Um, number number twenty one point eight. Why? Why? Why can't that money be used to put in the neighborhood sidewalk? Because, because, because they are sidewalk. Out of the city that needs to be repaired or we done over. And number two, the scooters and the ATVs. The, the scooters, we, we really need to find another way of or get rid of it because because they are in danger dangerous because they they leave it in in the, in the middle of the shower and 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 the we really need to cut down more on the drivers and whoever purchasing the ATVs to to the under seventeen. I'm done. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Maddox. Next caller, please. The next caller is phone number ending in 534. Caller ending in 534. The floor is yours. You have two minutes. General public comment. Good morning. May I be heard? Yes, we can hear you. Yes. First of all, I'd like to say this Irma Henderson auditorium issue is absolutely scandalous. Is somebody just purposely lowering the mic? Is that the problem? We waited a long time to get in there. Happy Women's History Month, everyone. I would like to honor my absolute favorite American hero, Harriet Tubman. Our modern-day uh, Harriet Tubmans are Agnes Hitchcock and the late, great Margaret Harris. Also, I'd like to honor Dolores Bennett and Detroiter Viola Greg Liuzzo, who was killed, a white woman from Detroit, who was killed by the KKK after uh, Bloody Sunday when uh, and was prob uh, she was taking people back and forth to the airport. I'd like to say a prayer for Brother Cunningham that he's getting these kinds of threats. Who's ever doing that, stop it. Also, no on number 14.1 on this homelessness pro uh, contract. I have family and a friend in Columbus. They have a homelessness problem there. Why don't you ask them how their strategic plan is working? And when you don't hire Detroiters, you don't grow the tax base. I'm sure we have plenty of competent people to handle that issue here. So say no on 14.1. Mr. Hollowell from District 4, please do run for office because it is absolutely disgraceful that Corporation Council has not sued Stellantis to stop these fumes coming out of the plants. 14.3, 14.4, folks. This is city money paying people to get out of the way of the bridge and fixing up land bank homes. Lots of money. But why don't you help the people in District 4 who are to get out of the way of the fumes? 
I suffered illegal dumping by developers, but the city won't do anything about it. Do we really care about the children? Why aren't we using ARPA monies to reopen the rec centers and the libraries and tutor the children? There's a severe chronic absenteeism problem. We have uh, untreated trauma walking all around this city, and it's like folks don't care. You keep giving Demo Demo Duggan all this money for... Thank you. Next caller, please. The next caller is Sonia Stuckey. Sonia Stuckey, thank you for joining us. You have two minutes of general public comment. Sonia Stuckey, are you there? Sonia Stuckey, are you there? All right, let's put uh, Sonia Stuckey at the end of the queue and go to the next caller, please. Okay. Uh, the next caller is Asha Gray. Asha Gray, thank you for joining us. You have two minutes. General public comment. Thank you and good morning, uh, Council. My name is Tasha Gray. I'm the executive director of the Homeless Action Network of Detroit, and I am calling in support of the Homeless Strategic Plan uh, contract with Barbara Poppy. Um, I know there is some concern about Barbara Poppy, um, but I can personally speak to the work that she has done in Detroit. This is not her first time. She's actually done some work in Detroit over a number of years during her time at the United States Interagency Council on Homelessness from 2011 to 2014. She worked with Detroit specifically and came here and brought resources here. And in that time, we saw a 12% decline in homelessness, and we continue to see a decline in homelessness. Um, our work is not finished, though, right? We still have 20% of the homeless population in Detroit throughout the state of Michigan. Um, and so we need to continue the work that we're already doing and make sure that we have a cohesive plan. I would also like to say that Barbara Poppy has also done another project in Detroit with the Voices of Youth Count and the, uh, which was a predecessor to the Youth Homeless Committee as well as President Sheffield's um, homeless task force. And subsequently, the momentum built from both of those committees resulted in a $5.9 million award from HUD to end youth homelessness. So these are just some of the things that Barbara Poppy has already done in Detroit. And so I just ask that you all would uh, approve this contract so that we can move forward together in getting the strategic plan to continue the work that has already been built. Thank you for this time. Thank you. Next caller, please. The next caller is Colin User 3. Colin User 3, thank you for joining us. You have two minutes. General public comment. Caller User 3, are you there? Are you, can you hear me? Yes, we can. Good morning. Good afternoon to everyone. I would like to make a recommendation in light of the overcharges coming from DTE, I am recommending that they make their kiosks where they will take money order payments. When you go to the downtown location or Southwest Detroit location to pay by money order, the kiosk machines do not. And in light of having people with their power out, telling them to go to a grocery store where they have to pay an extra fee is ridiculous. If you want people to pay you, you should have more than one 
um, option. Finally, in closing, um, um, Representative Tate, I'd like to see you draw up maybe a line item to ask um, those in the city of Detroit that deals with housing and planning and development, what kind of assurity they are making these agencies that house those that are homeless and disabled when they are putting them in unsafe and unsanitary environments, why is it no accountability? If you ask to be transferred to a different agency, why do you get to be denied when that same agency keeps putting your life in danger? When you ask uh, Mr. Keller's um, Julie Snyder, they will ignore the question at hand. Can you please help me to get a clear answer so those of us who have suffered from homelessness and disabled can get a clear answer? Member Tate and Member Mary Shetfield, Member Mary Waters, can you three help me to get an answer? Thank you so much. Uh, Council President is, is, is absent for this particular meeting, and I can uh, give you my phone number in the office if you can please give us a call so we can get a little bit more detail uh, concerning the question. Hmm? Okay. It, um, the phone number to my office is 313-224-1027. Again, 313-224-1027. And the email, if you would like to email, is councilmembertate at DetroitMI.gov. Again, council member Tate at DetroitMI.gov. And Member Waters would also like to provide her contact Maybe. info. Uh, thank you. Uh, three, Mary Waters, 313-628-2363. 313-628-2363. The email address is councilmemberwaters at DetroitMI.gov. Councilmember Waters at DetroitMI.gov. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Thank you, Member Waters. Next caller, please. The next caller is Miko A. Williams. Miko A. Williams, the floor is yours. You have two minutes, general public comment. Good morning, council members. Uh, thank you for allowing me to make public comment. I just want to speak generally to the, um, I know the mayor's uh, state of the city addresses tonight. Um, some of you that ran for council have vowed to fight the $600 million taxation. And it is actually three years to the day where we had a public meeting about the $600 million taxation and no accountability has been done or has been brought uh, to the altar of this council in regards to the CEO of the mayor of Detroit. And I hope that you guys would have held him accountable and asked tougher questions on Friday. I did not see that. Um, I voted for some of you and helped some of you to hold accountable uh, the checks and balances of the city. Uh, tonight, when you go and sit in front of that dais, please uh, do not allow yourselves to be sucked in the mayor's uh, web of deceit and lies and use you all. You know, you all have the power to fight back. Another announcement I want to make is that the Water Department of Detroit is threatening to shut off water in April. We encourage residents to please call Hydrate Detroit and get in the lifeline plan or get some form of protection so that water does not be shut off. 
And another comment I want to make is my taxes as a resident and a taxpayer of the city of Detroit, which I have been disrespected and distressed and uh, disregarded, I will not pay my taxes to the district of Detroit or to the city of Detroit. I protest. And in removing Agnes Hitchcock, you need to calm those hound dogs uh, that you have in the room. They should not be touching on residents. It's already tough enough. Why are you not in the auditorium? This should have been held in the auditorium for a uh, mass uh, gathering. Thank you for taking my comment. Next caller, please. The next caller is Robert. Robert, the floor is yours. You have two minutes, general public comment. Good morning, council. I just got a couple little statements. <clears throat> um, I know everybody's tired and I want to thank everybody for all their comments uh, beforehand because you guys got your hands full for sure. But what I really want to say is, you know, I live in the impact area with Stellantis with the air and everything. You know, I'm looking at how we can make things better. I'm looking to try to help you guys as well. Because, see, the first thing I see is transparency is the key to all of this. As long as you guys keep someone asks a question, instead of you answering in front of the majority, sometimes it takes more time to answer a question. But answer that question in front of the majority of the people instead of giving someone your phone number to talk to them later. So the rest of the city can see how you're functioning. When you start giving up the transparency, you'll be starting to be able to get some accountability for you guys and the mayor. And I'm not going to waste this whole minute, but what I would like to do is this last minute, I'd like a minute of silence for the people who have been affected in the adverse way, the people who are being killed slowly with their own tax dollars and things of that nature through the administration and the support of the council by not stopping them. This minute of silence. Thank you. Thank you. Next caller, please. Um, excuse me. The last caller who raised their hand before you cut off public comment is Virginia Park One. Virginia Park One, thank you for joining us. The floor is yours. You have two minutes. General public comment. Hello, can you hear me? Yes, we can. Good morning. Good morning. Okay, I have a, a couple of comments. So since we're talking about giving out land and stuff, we're still in District 5. And please do not say refer to the land bank because I'm tired of hearing that. We've been doing it for the last 10 years. Um, there is a property located across from Gordon Park, the historical Gordon Park off of 12th Street in Claremont that the residents have been trying to purchase for over 10 years now because they took care of 14 years. What Stop out of red lining, stop giving up property to everybody else, stop throwing money to everyone else and allow the residents the opportunity as you do outsiders. And everyone else has thrown, thrown in pennies and made millions off the city the opportunity to purchase land. We should not have to continuously come back to this forum, to people that have history in the city themselves and beg proposition for land that we should rightfully be able to purchase like other people that have not paid their dues within the city. So I will continue every Tuesday to be here until this is resolved. And I look forward to you guys coming up with some kind of solution because God forbid, and not using his name in vain, that someone that has not paid their dues or looked like the residents that kept that community in District 5 alive are able to sweep in and get this land. I promise you, that's not what we want to do. We need to do the right thing. 
as we're giving out land and monies to everyone else, give us the land. Thank you and enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you. All right, does that take us to the end of the public comment? I thought we put one in the end of the queue. Uh, we did, but that person no longer has their hand raised. All right. That now concludes general public comment. And I do apologize. There was a uh, part of the, the script that I did not read, and that is the journal of the session of Tuesday, February 21st, uh, 2023, shall be approved. There being no reconsiderations or unfinished business, uh, we shall go to the remainder of the agenda under standing committee reports for the internal operations standing committee. Pro tem. Un I never. Uh, excuse uh, me. I, I wanted to make a request. I am noting that you're going through the agenda now. But somebody called requesting that LPD do um, some research uh, regarding an ordinance. And if it's okay with you, I would like to make that official motion now or I can wait until... Well, uh, to the end of the agenda. Since you interrupt me, I'll let you go now. I'm so sorry, Pro Tem. <laughs> um, thank you so much. Uh, just wanted to make a quick motion to request that LPD draft an opinion on whether or not the city is in violation of the municipal identification card ordinance. Thank you so much. Thank you, Pro Tem. There's a motion on the floor. Any objections? Seeing none, that action shall be taken. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and again, we shall understanding committee reports for the internal operations standing committee under resolutions. Council member Johnson on behalf of council president, Mary Sheffield, our resolution line item 13.1. Member Johnson. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Uh, move for approval on line item 13.1, which is to officially establish 313 day in the city of Detroit. All right. Any objections? Line item 13.1. Seeing none, that action shall be taken. Uh, hearing no objections, that excuse me. Hearing no objections, that resolution will be approved for the Planning and Economic Development Standing Committee from the Office of Contracting and Procurement. Mr. President, there are four contracts up for a vote today from the Planning and Economic Development Standing Committee. Uh, all four contracts are for housing and revitalization. First up, we have contract number six zero zero four eight eight one. 100% grant funding to provide homelessness strategic plan consulting services for the city of Detroit. Contract is Barbara Poppy and Associates, LLC. Total contract amount, $436,132. The next contract is contract number 600-4047-A2. 100% grant funding, amendment number two, to provide an extension of time to complete building renovations. Contract is Latin America's for social and economic development. Original contract amount, $360,000. The next contract is contract number 600-5064, city funding to provide full renovations at the Bridging Neighborhood Program property, which is 2009 Sharon. Contract is Joseph Contractor, Inc. Total contract amount, $122,000. $540. The last contract is contract number 600-5066, city funding to provide full renovations at the Bridging Neighborhood Program property at 7421 Montrose. Contract is Joseph Contractor, Inc. Total contract amount, $98,890. Council Member Dohar on behalf of Council President Pro Tem Tate for resolutions. Line items 14.1 through 14.4. Thank you so much, Member Durhall. Thank you, Mr. President. Uh, move to uh, move for discussion for line item 
There's a discussion uh, for line item 14.1. Any Thank discussion? You. Thank you, Mr. President. Uh, I, it is my understanding that there were many questions, uh, obviously, for uh, this particular contract that came across us, noting that it came through a planning economic, uh, our planning and economic development standing committee, uh, and wanted to turn it over to you if there were any further questions, uh, Mr. President, uh, relative to this contract. Thank you so much, uh, Member, uh, Vice Chair. So I, I have no additional questions. I just want to make it very clear uh, my uh, vote on this particular item. I care immensely about the homeless population and want to see nothing but the best happen And with, in terms of the coordination uh, effort here in the city of Detroit. And I'm looking forward to continuing to support the effort as I have in the past. I do have a challenge with this particular contract uh, Literally, it says here in the language that the majority of the work will, will take place uh, remotely, and that is a, a line that I lifted strictly from the uh, document that was provided to us. And because of that, I do have a challenge with this particular document, or excuse me, contract. Would love to see our local coordinators uh, pull this work together. Um, but certainly, I've been told that it's a, a challenge in terms of capacity. I respect that, but as a member who believes that we have the expertise here in the city of Detroit. Uh, I will be uh, in objection to this particular contract. Thank you, Member Vice Chair. Any other comments, colleagues? Seeing none, Member Vice Chair. Thank you, Mr. President. I move for approval for line item 14.1. I want to also oh, um, have my no acknowledged on this particular contract, line item 14.1. I haven't called a vote yet. Okay. okay. It's coming. Thank you. So. Uh, Member Durhall, can you repeat the motion again, sir? Thank you, Mr. President. I made a motion to uh, approve line item 14.1. There's a motion to approve line item 14.1. Are there any objections? Objections. Will the clerk please note that there are three objections? Uh, Council President Pro Tem Tate, Member Waters, and Member Whitfield Calloway. Clerk will so note. Thank you. <clears throat> that motion is approved. Member Vice Chair. Thank you, Mr. President. Move for approval for line items 14.2 to 14.4. There's a motion to approve line items 14.2 through 14.4. Are there any objections? Seeing none, those actions shall be taken. Uh, from the Housing and Revitalization Department. Council Member Durhall, on behalf of Council President Pro Tem Tate, a resolution, line item 14.5. Uh, Council Member Durhall. Thank you, Mr. President. Uh, noting that uh, line item 14.5 is an emergency solution grant program, ESG-CV, uh, for temporary emergency shelter acquisition funding uh, agreement for our at 440 East Grand Boulevard. Uh, and this is uh, from the United States Housing and Urban Development uh, Department, otherwise known as HUD. Move for approval of line item 14.5. There's a motion to approve line item 14.5. Any objections? Seeing none, that action shall be taken. From the Planning and Development Department. Council Member Durhall, on behalf of Council President Pro Tem Tate, a resolution, line item 14.6. Member Durhall. Thank you, Mr. President. Move for approval of line item 14.6, which is a transfer of 11424 Narden Park from the City of Detroit to the Detroit Housing Commission. There's a motion to approve line items 14.6. Discussion. <coughs> With discussion. Uh, Member Benson. Uh, through yourself, uh, Mr. Chair, 
uh, and to the administration, maybe you can um, answer us yourself. Um, was there a conversation regarding who would be handling the development regarding the transfer of property? I know it's a 20 unit vacant building. We just have a concern regarding the capacity of the Housing Commission to do that type of development. And do we have um, first right of refusal on those, on that property? Thank you, Member Benson. I see Mr. Washington has joined us. Good morning, sir. Please state your name for the record. Good morning, Mr. Chair. I'm Malik Washington on behalf of the Mayor's Office, and good morning, Council. We do have Alvin Mitchell online, as well as Fatima Garland. And we can move them over. And when they see themselves on the screen, please introduce themselves for the record, and they may proceed with responding. Good morning. Hi, Ms. Fatima, is that you? Hi. Good morning. Please introduce yourself for the record. Ms. Garland, I see it on the bottom of the screen now. Good morning. Please introduce yourself for the record and you may proceed if you need I to answer Fatima the question Garland. again. I'm sorry, I'm Fatima Garland from the Detroit Housing Commission. We also have Sandra Henriquez from the Detroit Housing Commission. If she could be moved over. Who's that? Who's that individual again? Sandra Henriquez, our CEO. Oh, Sandra Henriquez. And Mr. Mitchell, please introduce yourself for the record as well. Alvin Mitchell, Housing Revitalization Department. Thank you. Good morning, Ms. Henriquez. Good afternoon. How are you all? Thank you for having us. Thank you. Please introduce yourself for the record. And if, I don't know if you need Member Benson to ask the questions again. But if you don't, yeah. please proceed to respond. The sound is a little, okay. Good, good afternoon. My name is Sandra Henriquez and I'm the Chief Executive Officer, Executive Director of the Detroit Housing Commission. Um, as you know, I've been joined by, um, I'm joining Fatima Garland, who's our Director of Real Estate Development. And I believe on the line also is um, a gentleman by the name of Patrick Braga, who is a project manager, senior person um, in our department as well. Thank you. Do you need Member Benson to re-ask any questions? Yes. Member right, Benson. All right, thank you, Mr. Chair. <clears throat> thank you, Mr. Enriquez and everyone else who is here this morning. Um, the transfer of the property to the Detroit Housing Commission, just questioning who is going to be doing the development, will that be done in-house? If not, how will you um, assemble your development team? And then what's the track record of the Housing Commission doing development on its own? Thank you for that question. Um, <clears throat> so first of all, we've got a, a sort of a plan A and a plan B. Let me just tell you briefly what's been going on this thus far. Um, in terms of having done one of these deals before, the Housing Commission has not done an acquisition and a renovation of a property since 2012 before I came on board. That resulted in two properties, um, the Algonquin Apartments and Greenbrook Apartments being done, taken out of foreclosure in the city and then put to use as public low-income or public housing units. We would propose the same thing with the um, Narden Park Apartments on our Narlingame Manor. Um, there is a process we have to follow, um, and it's very highly prescribed by HUD, um, and therefore we will project manage it with um, Mr. Braga, who has vast experience prior to coming to DHC in uh, managing um, projects, both um, market rate housing, 
um, low-income housing, affordable housing, and student housing as well. Um, because it's highly prescribed and we are using uh, money that we got from the sale of the Douglas property, therefore the only use of that those funds can be for affordable, deeply affordable housing. We would bring those units back online as public housing. Um, HUD prescribes uh, what you have to do and how you have to do it and have get a submission to them, which they then have to review and approve. And so our capacity would be to first do all of that groundwork, including environmentals by uh, um, a consultant that we already have on board um, to get the ar architectural engineering done. Um, and we've procured that and those decisions as to the selection of the A&E should be done by March uh, 15th. So we've invested money already to move forward. Um, once we put all of those things together, along with cost estimates, um, preliminary drawings, um, begin to talk about permitting, we would go to HUD for approval. Um, and we would, um, at the same time waiting for, for HUD approval, we would go out and procure um, a contractor um, to actually do the work um, to make the improvements in the building to bring it back online. And those would be those actions would be monitored closely by a construction management operation that we already have under contract in our department under our capital assessment um, department doing that work for us on other properties across our portfolio. Our, excuse me, our portfolio. Um, so we think we believe that we have the capacity both by using some property. Uh, uh, um, management in-house, as well as doing um, um, outside contractors and consultants to manage the property on our behalf. Okay, you said you had a plan A and a plan B? I'm sorry, I can barely hear you. You indicated um, you had a plan A and a plan B? Um, yes, the plan, plan A is for really for us to go out and do um, solicit a contractor to actually do the work of rehabbing the building. Plan B is for us to begin to bring on what we would call an in-house crew of skilled talent that would be able to do the same work. They would be licensed um, um, and they would also be managed through um, both project management and a construction management operation, again, both under contract to us already. Okay. And then is there a plan to continue to do this type of work on the Housing Commission side and partner with the city? Yes, there is a plan. In fact, when the mayor announced um, his $207 million affordable housing plan last summer. We were a part of that, again, using our uh, $19 million proceeds of sale from the sale of the Douglas property um, a number of years ago. And so this um, Narden Park property is one of about four um, that we would put into this program. Um, we've already done some work in a couple of other locations, including the building that was the backdrop for the announcement last summer. Okay, and then to the administration, do we have a reversion clause if the uh, Housing Commission isn't able to perform? Not that I think they won't be able to, but just to protect ourselves. Um, yeah, HUD requires, in terms of using federal funds, HUD requires that the project get finished. And we've got agreements in place with both the land bank and um, with the city to really finish the job. Um, if we don't finish the, the job, then there are repercussions that we face with HUD and would revert 
um, to the city and, and to the land bank. We don't anticipate and we don't plan for that to happen. Um, we really want to put more units back into the pipeline for deeply affordable housing and public housing in the city, in the neighborhoods. Thank you very much, and I, uh, I, I am confident in your success. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Thank you. Thank you. All right, colleagues, uh, there's a uh, member of our chair. I'm sorry. Thank you, um, Mr. President. I just want to note that this project is in District 7 uh, in, in Narden Park, uh, and it is a project that has sat vacant for a number of years uh, and is a great step forward to rebuilding Narden Park uh, in District 7. Uh, so many of our community leaders are very supportive of this project, particularly those in Narden Park. Uh, because this will help change uh, the way Narden Park looks as we start to rebuild one of the areas that has been hit hardest by the drug epi epidemic of the late 80s and early 90s. And so I'm very supportive of this project. I have full confidence in the Housing Commission. As stated before, they have done something uh, on the edge of our district uh, this earlier this past summer when we sat uh, in a um, announcement off of Tyler Street close to District, Sec uh, district 2. Uh, and so uh, very confident in this project uh, it is helping uh, transform neighborhoods and obviously through federal uh, partnership and oversight with HUD. Uh, again, I'm confident that this project will be done uh, correctly uh, and be great for our neighborhoods uh, in District 7. So uh, with that, Mr. President, I think there was a motion on the floor to approve line item 14.6. As a motion to approve line item 14.6. Any objections? Seeing none, that action shall be taken. Mr. President, uh, I'd like to request a waiver for line items 14.2 to 14.6, noting that I'm leaving out 14.1, so 14.2 to 14.6. 14.2 uh, through 14.6. Uh, let's see. All right, colleagues, there's a motion for a for waivers on line items 14.2 through 14.6. Any objections? Seeing none, we should place waivers on those items. Uh, on to new business. Get back on my agenda here. All right, there we go. From the new business uh, agenda, uh, from the Office of Contracting and Procurement. Mr. President, there are two contracts up for a vote today from the Public Health and Safety Standing Committee on today's new business portion of the agenda. First up, we have contract number 6005109, 100% city funding to provide maintenance operations at public safety headquarters, covering expenses such as utilities, repairs, and equipment. Contract is Detroit Building Authority, total contract amount $2,930,172. And this contract is for the police department. The next contract is contract number 6004842, 100% grant funding to provide environmental assessments and remediation activities for a five-acre former industrial site located at 4559 through 4567 Weston Street. Contract is American Indian Health and Family Services of Southeastern Michigan, Inc., Total contract amount, $350,000, and this contract is for buildings and safety. Councilmember Santiago Romero, two resolutions, line items 15.1 and 15.2. Member Santiago Romero. Thank you, Mr. President. I motion to approve line items 15.1 and 15.2. 
There's a motion to approve line items 15.1 and 15.2. Any objections? Seeing none, that action shall be taken. From the Office of the Chief Financial Officer, Office of Development and Grants. Councilmember Santiago Romero, two resolutions, line items 15.3 and 15.4. Member Santiago Romero. Thank you, Mr. President. Motion to approve 15.3 and 15.4. There's motions to approve line items 15.3 and 15.4. Any objections, colleagues? Seeing none, those actions shall be taken. From the Department of Public Works. Councilmember Santiago Romero, a resolution, line item 15.5. Member Santiago Romero. Thank you, Mr. President. Motion to approve 15.5. There's a motion to approve line item 15.5. Any objections? Seeing none, that action shall be taken. Under resolutions. Councilmember Santiago Romero, a resolution, line item 15.6. Member Santiago Romero. Thank you, Mr. President. Would like to make a note that we have received an amended resolution for this. It was actually line, it's referred right now, but we do have the amended resolution. It was referred, it is item 7.1 that was being referred. So I believe what I need to do is remove this line item from PHS and ask that we approve Approve as amended. Um, so we're so the line item fifteen point six. You said that that there were amendments to it. There were amendments, and they were referred to PHS. And it's reflected in seven point one. It yes, it is. Okay. So it's we are voting on the resolution as amended, and it is reflected on fifteen point six. Okay, so do we have to remove line item 7.1, or did we remove that earlier? We uh, haven't removed it yet. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mr. Whitaker? Yes. Mr. <clears throat> Mr. Chair, you should, you should simply uh, substitute 7.1 for, the, for uh, the item 15.6. So we can remove 15.6. You can move 15.6. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Is there a motion to remove line item 15.6? So moved. Seeing no objection, we shall remove line item 15.6. And now we have to move 7.1 to new business, though. Understood. Uh, is there a motion to move line item 7.1 to new business? Motion. So moved. Oh, sorry. <laughs> we'll let the chair do it. Sorry. Seeing no objections, that action shall be taken. And we can uh, go to that particular item when we get down to uh, new business, if you don't mind. Thank you. All right. Thank you. All right. Uh, for the president's reports on standing committee and referrals and other matters. For the budget, finance, and audit standing committee. Three reports from various city departments. Those three reports. Uh, of 17.1 through 17.3? Yes. I just said that's what it says on oh. the script. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> All right, those three reports we referred to the Budget, Finance, and Audit Standing Committee. For the Internal Operations Standing Committee. Fourteen reports from various city departments. The fourteen reports will be referred to the Internal Operations Standing Committee. For the Neighborhood and Community Services Standing Committee. 
four reports from various city departments. Those four reports would be referred to the Neighborhood and Community Standing, Neighborhood and Community Services Standing Committee for the Planning and Economic Development Standing Committee. Five reports from various city departments. The five reports would be referred to the Planning and Economic Development Standing Committee for the Public Health and Safety Standing Committee. Ten reports from various city departments. The ten reports will be referred to the Public Health and Safety Standing Committee uh, under the consent agenda. Mr. President, before we go to the consent agenda, we yeah, do have a few items that um, to be walked on. Uh, two that I do have are for closed sessions, um, and we're requesting that these two be walked on. One is for um, a memoranda for, from the Legislative Positive Division dated February 20th, 2023, entitled Mr. Malik Shelton's Inquire on City of Detroit Issuance of Bonds. Um, Mr. Whitaker, can you hit your mic, please? Sorry. <coughs> yes, In sir. relation to the, to the resolution that, that the clerk just read, uh, it should reflect March 21st, 2023 at 2 o'clock. At 2 o'clock. So we have, we already have one for 2 o'clock on that day already. There's one for 2 o'clock and one for 2.30. So the one Mr. Clerk read said 2.30, but we also have one yes. that's yes. set at 2. Yes, sir. But there's one already scheduled for, for 2 o'clock, correct? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, there's two of them that's set. One is for 2 o'clock and one is for 2.30. Through the chair, Graham Anderson Law Department, I know the one matter uh, regarding the, the uh, R&I for the one officer. I spoke to the union attorney, and he's requesting a change of date, so that should open up that time frame. Okay. So we'll first, the, the, the question, though, at hand is the in, in light of, versus In light of the, the change in the law department's request, is no need to change the resolutions as written. Okay. Right. Mr. President, I also have a second closed session that is being requested to be walked on, and this is for legal memoranda from the law department, dated Jan January 19, 2023, entitled Request for Approval of Contingency Fee Payment to Hidden as Assets, LLC. I'm requesting that both of these be walked on uh, for a vote today. We have a few more, Mr. Clark. We do have um, other ones. Um, we have one from Councilmember Young. If he would like to walk that one on, then we have one from Councilmember Whitfield Calloway. Then also have one from um, Councilmember Waters. So then we have a walk on here uh, from Member Young. This is regarding the St. Patrick's Day Parade uh, tent uh, that will take place on March 12th. I believe we have. The resolution uh, walk on from member Winfield Calloway, resolution in support of Black Maternal Health Momnibus Act of 2021. And is this one? All right, and we have up oh, here, it's right at the top. Resolution establishing senior technology literacy, literacy program uh, by member Waters. Colleagues, is there a motion on those walk ons? Motion to move to new business. Motion. Seeing no objections, those actions shall be taken. All right, Mr. Clerk. Mr. President, I'd like to start off with line item 7.1 from today's agenda. Councilmember Santiago Romero, resolution. Uh, 
Member Santiago Romero. Thank you, Mr. President. I would like to quickly read off this resolution to recognize March 2023 as Developmental Disabilities Awareness Month. Development disabilities affects men, women, children of every age and race in the United States. Approximately 180,000 people in Michigan have a developmental disability, and the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention estimates that approximately one in six children have one or more dis developmental disabilities or delays. Early federal legislation meant to benefit developmentally disabled individuals primarily focused on providing access to basic treatments, but as shown by the Developmental Disabilities Assistance and Bill of Rights Act of 2000, the law has continued to evolve to has continued to evolve to prioritize the participa participation of individuals uh, with developmental disabilities in their communities, as well as in the individualized support and assistance that promotes self-determination, independence, and productivity. Detroit citizens with developmental disabilities contribute significantly to the city's schools, families, communities, and workforce. Detroit recognizes that every person, regardless of perceived ability, has valuable strengths, infinite capacity to learn and make decisions, and the capability to make valuable contributions to their communities if given the opportunity to do so. We see this often here at City Council. Detroit seeks to promote community living for individuals with, with the developmental disabilities, allowing them to choose where to live, where to work, and how to participate in meaningful community activities. City services and programs must be tailored to support individuals with developmental disabilities in an equitable manner. The most effective way to increase awareness is through everyone's openness to learn and acknowledge that there is a, that there are systemic barriers that reduce the likelihood of those with disabilities enjoying equitable experiences and living independent, productive lives within their communities. It is the shared responsibilities of all Detroiters to end the stigma around developmental disabilities that begins by using respectful language when talking to and about the dis developmentally disabled community. And whereas Developmental Disabilities Awareness Month is an opportunity to recognize the importance of ensuring inclusive environments with equal access to communication, education, meaningful employment, housing, transportation, and public accommodations, equitable experiences and full inclusion is a matter of social justice. Consequently, creating equitable inclusion, inclusive environments is a shared responsibility of everyone. Now, therefore, be it resolved, the Detroit City Council recognizes March 2023 as Developmental Disabilities Awareness Month. Um, uh, Mr. President, I motion to approve 7.1. Discussion. There's a motion to approve line item 7.1 with discussion, Member Member Durhoff. That's okay. Thank you, Mr. President. I know we're used to right. planning the Economic <laughs> Development Standing Committee. Uh, as the chair of the Disability Task Force, I just want to thank uh, Member Santiago Romero uh, for pushing this resolution forward. Obviously, this is a great resolution uh, that helps address the needs of those uh, with developmental disabilities. I know we talk about this in our Disabilities Task Force, and I appreciate you taking a charge on this resolution and pushing it forward. Uh, I think it is a very good resolution. Uh, and if possible, uh, if Member Santiago Romero would, would uh, permit it, I would like to have my name added to this resolution as well. Yes, absolutely. We connected, our teams connected earlier, and would love that. Thank you. Thank you, Member Santiago Romero. Thank you, Mr. President. Uh, Member Santiago Romero, I would also like to join you on this uh, resolution as well. That's 
If it's okay with everybody, we can do it in the name of the council. All right, we shall place this resolution in the name of the council. Yes. Thank you all. Any objections? Seeing none, then action shall be taken. Thank you. Mr. Clerk. Mr. President, next up we have uh, petition 2023-064, and this is for St. Patrick's Day Parade Tent. Council Member Young, a resolution. Member Young. Thank you, Mr. President. I would just like to say this basically what this does is it basically just allows the Media Services Department Special Events Office to be authorized to direct and issue permits to Bobcat Bonnies or their assignees to host the St. Patrick's Day Parade tent from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. with a temporary street closure on Harrison Street between Michigan Avenue and the alleyway in conjunction with the St. Patrick Day Parades is basically just a uh, permit to allow them to be able to operate and also to be able to shut down that street temporarily. Thank you, thank you, Mr. President. Thank you, Member Young. Just a quick question in, in case you know. Do you know why it's just coming to us now? I, I think we should leave that to the administration. I think they have somebody here who can answer that. All right. Is there anyone from the administration, Mr. Washington, who can um, provide us information on why this uh, document is just coming to us today? We Mr. Chair, I was having some troubles logging back on. Um, yes, this item, the delay was that uh, the special events team um, mistakenly omitted it as they were preparing for state of the city. Um, and so that that is why you're seeing it today. All right, thank you. Colleagues, any additional questions, concerns? Seeing none, uh, there's a motion to approve. Um, excuse me, Mr. Oh, Chair. Um, um, Madam Parliamentarian. You haven't seen me for a while. Um, <laughs> Um, excuse me, but Mr. Mr. Young simply talked about it. He never said he was moving it. He just explained it. Thank you. Um, Member Young, is there a motion for this yes. walk-on item? Yes, I'd like to make a motion to approve. Approve, yes. Move to approve. Thank you. There's a motion to approve the Bobcat Bonnie's permit. Uh, the, is there a, any objection? Seeing none that action shall be taken. Mr. Clerk. Mr. President, next up, we have a resolution in support of the Black Maternal Health Momnibus Act of 2021. Council Member Whitfield Calloway, resolution. Thank you. Uh, Member Whitfield Calloway. Um, thank you, um, Mr. Chair, pro tem Tate. Um, thank you for the clerk. Um, whereas, I'd like to read my resolution. Um, this started from a letter writing campaign from Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. Um, thousands and thousands of um, sorority members across the country um, started this letter writing campaign and I decided to bring it forth as a resolution um, before this honorable body and before the citizens of the city of Detroit. And I'd like to take this opportunity to read it now. I'm also going to ask that the clerk send it to the following. Um, I don't know what the process is, but I'd like for this resolution to be forwarded to the majority leader of the U.S. Senate, Chuck Schumer. Hakeem Jeffries, Minority Leader of the United States House of Representatives, Mitch McConnell, Minority Leader of the U.S. Senate, and Kevin McCarthy, Speaker of the United States House of Representatives. This is H.R. 959, introduced in the House on February 8, 2021, during the 117th Congress. Whereas members 
of the Detroit City Council, we support this critical piece of legislation that will help end the crisis of black moms dying at alarming rates across the country from preventable pregnancy-related complications. And whereas the United States is currently the most dangerous place to give birth in the developed world with major racial disparities where black women lose their lives as at three to four times the rate of white women due to maternity-related causes, independent of age, economic background, or education, a fact that has gone unchanged for several decades. And whereas the Black Maternal Health Monobus Act of 2021 is the most comprehensive legislative effort yet to address the crisis of black maternal mortality in the United States and will build on existing legislation in Congress to address every dimension of America's maternal health crisis. And whereas the legislation will take historic steps forward to invest in the maternal mental health crisis, and whereas too many families and communities have already borne the brunt of needless death, losing moms to preventable causes, and whereas we urge support for the Black Maternal Health Monobus Act to comprehensively address our nation's black maternal health crisis and save moms. Now, therefore, be it resolved, Councilmember Calloway and all the members of the Detroit City Council hereby adopt this resolution in support of the passage of the Black Maternal Health Monobus Act of 2021. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Thank you. Uh, any objections, colleagues? Mr. Chair, I'm sorry to interrupt again. Oh, you didn't move it. See, I'm No, I'm, I'm and too May fast. I just say something, please? Yes, ma'am. Um, it's, it's very informative to hear what the resolution says, but in the future, it would probably be more accurate to make the motion first, mm -hmm. and then as part of the discussion of the motion, you would read it. That way, it doesn't. The motion doesn't get lost. Thank you. That's, Thank that's, you, ma'am. That's Thank my you. fault. That's my fault. I'll I'll, I'll take that. Discussion. Thank you. I'll share it with you, Pro Tem. <laughs> it's all right. Well, first, I'll, I'll go before we go to to you, Member Young. Uh, Member Callaway, did you have anything else you want to add? No. All right. Thank you, Member Young. Thank you. Uh, this is excellent, and I, I'm full, uh, uh, fully uh, thrown in behind this 110. percent I just wanted to ask. Is this something that they are looking at in terms of the modern day issues involving women who are dying uh, from pregnancy uh, complications, quite frankly, racism, or does this take a overall longitudinal approach? And what I mean by that, does this analysis, does this make an analysis based on the history, based on the treatment of black women throughout time? Does, does this talk, does this talk about your know, slave breeding and, and, and how Literally, the infant mortality rate that we have now is almost identical to the infant mortality rate we had during slave breeding, where they took black women and they locked them in a barn and they raped them repeatedly because the more slaves you had on your plantation, the more valuable your plantation became. I just want to know, does this include a longitudinal standpoint or is this just from the modern day? Because you can do enough for the modern day. But I just want to know, was this just a longitudinal analysis or just modern day? It's not just modern day, sir. Oh, yeah, if if we can move the, the item first. Okay, we did can we move it? it? Okay. Move? Oh, yeah, I move fine. to adopt this resolution um, in support of the Black Maternal Health Monibus Act of 2021. All right, with further discussion, thank you. Thank you. Um, and, and, and thank you, um, 
um, member um, at large, Young. It does cover all of the above. Um, we certainly can't do un, um, undo what's been happening right. um, over the time that we've been in this country, but it certainly addresses it from a modern point of view with the passage of this act. And I thank you for your support, sir. And thank you for your question as well. No, no problem. And this, this, this is my final one. I, I just, I, Remember Young? Yes. Is, is, it, is it okay? Thank you. Uh, thank you for your president, your patience, um, President Pro Tem. And I just want to ask because I think that this is not only important for us to address now, but I also think that this should be something that's included with H.R. 40, particularly with the study of reparations. I know we're going to have that conversation. Um, I, I, I also think the fact that the practice of gynecology came because there was a man by the name of J. Marion Sims who cut up on black women's bodies without anesthesia because the practice at that time, the thought at that time, was that black women experienced pain differently than their white counterparts. And so the reason why we have the practice of gynecology is because of the abuse of black, and the torture, quite frankly, experimentation on black women. And so I think that that kind of comes out of what we're dealing with now in terms of people not wanting to be able to provide the necessary prescription drugs. That's what black people are turned out to be like 33 times more than white counterparts. I think this is why we kind of have the problem that we have is because they don't view black people as human. And you could go down the line in terms of people who are poor that start from this, but uh, I remember reading things about um, Beyonce and uh, Serena Williams, who are some of the most influential, wealthiest people on the planet, who nearly died Sorry. trying to give childbirth. So this is a real real thing across the financial gamut when it comes to terms of racism. I know that's kind of a long way to explain that, yes. but I just thought that that would be something that would also be included, I think, not just in terms of stopping it now and enforcing that, but also um, monetary justice as well and satisfaction justice as well in terms of the uh, rep reparations or the repair and action aspect of that. Absolutely. Thank you. Um, thank, you. thank you. Thank you again, um, Member Young. Um, and um, not that black women um, um, experience um, pain differently. Um, they say that we experience it less. I've had my own right. personal experience with giving birth to twins um, and um, the type of treatment that I receive personally. So I thank you for what you've, um, what you've shared. And I hope, um, member at large, number one, um, Coleman A. Young, the second, that you'll work with me sure. to bring this to the state level because yes. states around this country are adopting this. And I'm hoping that you will work with me to make sure that the state adopts it as well. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Sure. Thank you. So there's a motion on the floor to approve the resolution uh, in support of the Black Maternal Health Momnibus Act of 2021. Any objections? Seeing none, then action shall be taken. Mr. Clerk? Please uh, add me, Mr. Oh. Uh, to her resolution. There is a request to have Member Waters added to the resolution. Absolutely. Also, Member Young, there's a request to be added to the resolution as well. Council. Clerk will so note. All right. If there are any objections, uh, there's a request to place it in the name of the council. Absolutely. Any objections? Seeing none, we shall place the resolution in the name of the council. Clerk will so note. Thank you. <clears throat> Mr. Clerk. Mr. President, next up we have a resolution establishing Senior Technology Literacy Program. 
Councilmember Waters, a resolution. Councilmember Waters. Thank you, Mr. President. I, I um, move for approval with discussion. Uh, Member Waters. Thank you. Um, I just, um, you know, as I travel around the, the city, oftentimes seniors are saying to me, you know, Ms. Waters, we need something to do. We don't have anything to do. That's one thing. Another thing they're asking, they're looking for some sort of employment, too. Um, uh, the ability to, in many instances, to supplement their income. Um, number three, the, that whole digital divide piece, even when you give seniors a laptop, they really, many of them don't know how to use them. So all of these things are reasons why I um, decided to do um, this particular resolution. I also think, um, Mr. President, that there's an opportunity to, to bridge that generational gap between seniors and, and our youth um, in two ways. Youth can assist them in teaching them how to use the computers. And then um, the other piece of it is that the youth oftentimes need to understand when they go into the workplace that there's, some, there's a work ethic that they need to have. And I do believe that um, uh, our seniors can, can assist with that. So they're able to assist each other. And so with that, I'd like to just read this briefly, uh, Mr. Chairman. Uh, resolution establishing senior technology literacy program where it's a changing economy and the pandemic hurt older workers more than other demographics, forcing people into early retirements without any hope of financial security and where it's a lack of financial security and opportunity for elderly citizens leads to severe physical and mental health challenges and where seniors have a wealth of experience but find themselves at a disadvantage when it comes to mastering the new technologies required to obtain even meager employment, and whereas older adults represent a growing proportion of the city's population, yet there is no unified city-led effort to support senior citizens in re-entering the workplace. And whereas the combination of American Rescue Plan Act, ARPA money, coronavirus uh, aid relief and economic security, the CARES Act dollars, and private investment <coughs> via the District Detroit project represents a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to help our most vulnerable citizens like never before. Therefore, be it resolved that the Detroit City Council hereby establishes a senior technology literacy uh, program, his force known as Ready to Work, RTW, to provide education and job opportunities to City of Detroit residents 65 years of age or older who wish to remain and re-enter the job market and be it further resolved that RTW work to pair senior citizens with younger workers helping to foster collaboration that enables older workers to impart their experiences to younger workers who can share their technical know-how to help bridge intergenerational gaps and be it further resolved that RTW build on a successful <clears throat> Grow Detroit's Young Talent program and provide not only training, but also direct placement job opportunities for program participants and local businesses with a guaranteed livable wage 
and be further resolved that RTW will be funded via allocations from the as of yet unallocated ARPA and CARES Act dollars uh, received by the city, in addition to private funding from the community benefits funds allocated by recipients of public tax incentives, including the developers of the District Detroit project, and be it further resolved that RTW generate biannual reporting of program results, including participation, successful placements, and plans for expansion in the future. Therefore, be it finally resolved that copies of this resolution be forwarded to Mayor Mike Duggan, Governor Gretchen Whitmer, and all interested public media, civil society, education, and civil groups, and individuals working towards this goal. Thank you, Mr. President. Thank you. I remember what is, I know we're in discussion right now. Yeah. Uh, so the question I have is, is this a, it, it mentions that there's a program. Is this something that's already it, agreed it, well, to and implemented? No, or is no this I'm, I'm asking that a program oh, be. Oh, oh, oh. oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> right, I'm sorry, Mr. President. <laughs> no problem. Or is this a, a desired request from this body to get these items to come to fruition? It's a, it's a desire. Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, Mr. Whitaker? Yeah, um, Mr. Chair, I think the the resolution is is certainly excellent. The question is whether or not the city council has the ability under the charter to create a program, and and therein lies the difficulty. I think in the way in which it's written, you can urge the administration to establish this program. That I think if the mayor gave it consideration, he would, should look favorably on it. But you can't, the way the resolution is written and the way in which you read it, mm -hmm. you would be establishing it yourself, and I don't think you have that power under the charter. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. Oh, thank you, Mr. President. All right. You know, just leave it to me to be, have all this controversy. I just love it. But <laughs> at any rate, um, but no, I wasn't thinking that we would, we would establish it, frankly, I, you know. But but it, it, it should be in conjunction with the city council and the mayors. Uh, you, you see that a copy is going to be given to, to the mayor. That's the whole, whole purpose of it. Anytime that council basically wants to establish things, we know that that has to go through the, the administration. So I'm under no illusion there. I intend to have further conversations um, with the mayor about this. So are you saying that something I should be should strike from this resolution? I think the issue is that it's it's already, if, if this is approved, we're saying yeah. that it's established as opposed to we're urging the establishment, which oh, well, doesn't, uh, it doesn't okay. happen on our side. The actual okay. establishment doesn't happen on our side. That happens on the administration side. And, uh, Mr. Whitaker? Okay. Yeah, I, I, I think if you, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Um, Mr. Chair, I, I think if you give it to LPD, we will help you draft it so that it it does what you would would like it to do. All right, happy to help you, and we could do that today. Oh, okay. Don't take out all my juicy stuff, okay? I won't. <laughs> it, it may be right. it may be juicier. Oh, oh, I like that. Okay, now, all right. So, all right, Mr. Mr. Chairman. So. We'll be <laughs> <laughs> All right, so with that, um, motion to remove, uh, motion with, to remove withdraw, it. Withdraw your request? Uh, yeah, withdraw my request, and then I'll uh, <clears throat> ask, okay, LPD. that first, right, and then LPD will 
Make this, uh, we'll fix it up, okay? There's a motion to <laughs> withdraw the request for approval. Mm -hmm. Any objections? Seeing none, that action shall be taken. Is there a motion to refer this item to LPD? I uh, motion. There's a motion to refer this uh, item to LPD uh, for further massaging. <laughs> Seeing no objections, that action shall be taken. Mr. Clerk. Mr. President, next up we have the closed sessions. Uh, first up, we have a request, um, closed session relative to the request for approval a contingency fee payment to Hidden Assets, LLC. And this uh, closed session has been scheduled for March 21st, 2023 at 2 p.m. Council Member Johnson, a resolution noting a roll call. Council Member Johnson. Thank you, Mr. President. Move for approval. There's a motion to approve the resolution calling for a closed session on March 21st, 2023 at 2 p.m. with a roll call. Councilmember Whitfield Calloway? Yes. Councilmember Young? Yes. Councilmember Benson? Yes. Councilmember Durhall? Yes. Councilmember Johnson? Yes. Councilmember Santiago Romero? Yes. Council President Pro Tem Tate? Yes. Councilmember Waters? Yes. Eight yeas, zero nays. That action shall be taken. Mr. President, lastly, we have the second um, closed session, which is relative to uh, Mr. Malik Shelton's inquiry on City of Detroit issuance of bonds. And this uh, closed session has been scheduled for March 21st, 2023 at 2.30 p.m. Councilmember Johnson, a resolution noting a roll call. Councilmember Johnson. Thank you, Mr. President. Move for approval. There's a motion to approve the resolution for the closed session dated at, uh, dated on March 21st, 2023 at 2.30 p.m. with a roll call. Mr. Clerk. Councilmember Young? Yes. Councilmember Benson? Yes. Councilmember Durhall? Yes. Councilmember Johnson? Yes. Councilmember Santiago Romero? Yes. Council President Pro Tem Tate? Yes. Councilmember Waters? Yes. Councilmember Whitfield Calloway? Yes. Eight yeas, zero nays. That most uh, that action shall be taken and the resolution approved. Mr. President, that is all I have for walk-ons. Thank you so much, Mr. Clerk. Uh, under the consent agreement, uh, 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 under the consent agenda, there are no items, Mr. President. Thank you. We now call for member reports. We'll start all the way to the left and go to my right uh, with Member Durhoff. Thank you, Mr. President. Uh, just good afternoon to everyone. I, I want to first uh, say we are in one of the favorite times, my favorite times of, of the year, which is March, which is reading month. Uh, so I want to thank uh, the second graders of Mann and Gardner Elementary for allowing me to come to them and read yesterday as part of my March's reading month tour that we're going on in District 7. Uh, look forward to visiting as many schools as possible this month in D7 um, and just had a great time uh, spending time with them. Uh, very engaged, very intelligent students uh, and from DPSCD. So uh, enjoyed that time. Uh, but March is not only uh, reading month, it is also Women's History Month. Uh, so this month we are going to be paying tribute to uh, a myriad of dynamic women leaders uh, throughout uh, our rich heritage here in the city of Detroit, state of Michigan, and the United States of America, and be displaying quotes from famous African-American women uh, via email uh, to our residents. If you are not already connected, please sign up uh, for 
our newsletter. Uh, please follow us on our social media platforms. We are on Facebook, Instagram, uh, as well as Twitter. Uh, and then we want folks to march, uh, mark their calendar for the March District 7 virtual community meeting, uh, which will take place March 28th at 6 p.m. Uh, if you need further information, please contact our office at 313-224-2151. Again, that's 313 313- 224-2151, or you can uh, contact uh, Anthony Stafford-McDonald, our Director of District Initiatives at anthony.mcdonald uh, at detroitmi.gov. Finally, coming soon, uh, D7 will have our District Detroit presentation uh, to talk about a very hot topic uh, that is in front of Council right now. Uh, so we are going to have a District Detroit presentation on Wednesday, March the 8th at 6 p.m., uh, we are inviting residents to come and uh, find out more about the District of Detroit that is in front of us uh, and also have some of their questions they may have answered. And so please, uh, that's March the 8th, uh, Wednesday at 6 p.m., Wednesday, March the 8th at 6 p.m., and we will be, we will be sending flyers out uh, via Zoom. Other than that, I appreciate the time. Thank you, Mr. President. Thank you so much. Uh, Member Johnson. Thank you, Mr. President. No report. Thank you. Uh, Member Santiago Romero. Thank you, Mr. President. Just want to let everyone know that we do have our monthly Team GSR virtual meeting today. Oh, excuse me, tomorrow. It's going to be tomorrow, Wednesday at 6 p.m. We will be joined by Emergency Management, who will talk about the Detroit Alerts 360. We'll be joined by BSEED, who's going to discuss fencing compliance and other hot, juicy topics. The Wayne County Treasurer Sabri will be talking on foreclosure prevention and the Historic Designation Advisory um, board is going to join us to talk about the historic contact study on Latinx communities. We do have our community office hours. We'll be, we will be at Bridging Communities next Monday, March 13th from 3 to 5 p.m. And with the help of our volunteers, our office has been out the last several weekends canvassing homes in our district to prevent foreclosure. We have hit 805 homes on the list and we'll be out again this weekend for the final nearly 200 homes. So thank you all so much especially the DSA who's been helping us every weekend. And if you, anyone's available, please join us. Um, one other announcement is that St. Patrick's Day Parade is this coming Sunday, March 12th. It's going to be in Corktown along Michigan Avenue. It's going to begin at 1 p.m. and we'll be marching with the Corktown Neighborhood and Business Associations and the three Corktown Block Clubs. Thank you, Mr. President. Thank you. Member Young. Thank you, Mr. President. A negative member report. Thank you. Member Waters. Thank you, Mr. President. I just want to remind um, Detroiters that um, Team Waters is still assisting um, homeowners if they need to complete either the HOPE application or my half. Uh, we do want to help people, assist people in saving their homes. You need Sometimes those applications can be quite intimidating and Team Waters, we, we're willing to meet you um, wherever you are. Uh, we'll do it over the phone, uh, help you complete the application. Uh, I've had members, staff members, to go to uh, senior citizens' homes to assist them. So, so we really want to help. And you know the deadline is actually fast approaching. Um, so please call our office uh, if you need help at 313-628-2363, 313 
We are working this whole effort uh, citywide, uh, Mr. President, and uh, we are going from one side of town to, to the other, um, assisting people either in person or via telephone. So thank you so very much. Thank you. Uh, Member Benson. All right, thank you. Just want to remind residents that we'll also be having a District Detroit um, seminar, uh, workshop, uh, educational opportunity on Monday, this coming Monday, uh, to make sure that residents who have any questions can have them answered. It'll be, it'll be uh, co-hosted by DEGC. That will be via Zoom. And information will be sent out via text, via um, social media, as well as email. Looking forward to uh, getting that information out and answering any questions residents may have on next Monday. Thank you. Thank you. Member Calloway. Um, thank you, Mr. Chair. Um, a couple things. Um, our monthly coffee and conversation hour is um, 8 a.m. at Detroit SIP at 7420 West Six Mile Road on Monday, March 13th. Um, our City Council District 2 evening community meeting is Tuesday, March the 14th at Renaissance High School. That's located at 6565 West Outer Drive. And a, a shout out to Principal Wyatt Jones III, Principal of Loyola High School. Um, we had an opportunity to have the Little Caesars Love Kitchen there on campus, and we had an opportunity, my staff and I, to serve nearly 150 brilliant, amazing young men, and I'm, I was really excited about that. We also had an opportunity to pre present Mr. Wyatt Jones with a testimonial resolution. And to um, end our evening, we went over to Flicks, which is next door to Renaissance High School on West Outer Drive. They are the champions in robotics. They have a brand new team. It's been up and running for about a couple years, but they are going to the international championship coming up in April in Houston, Texas. So I want to um, also congratulate the principal who's, who's doing an amazing job over at Flicks. Her name is Miss Hogan. So I thank them for their warm hospitality and reception that we received yesterday, yesterday evening. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Thank you. And we did have a, a number of colleagues indicate that they're having District Detroit uh, presentations. Or we're having the actual items uh, and the uh, developers and committee on this upcoming Thursday at 9 a.m., where the, all of the items will be coming before the committee for approval. Again, that is this Thursday at 9 a.m. Uh, we only have one hour, just letting everyone know uh, who's watching. In case they are used to the 10 o'clock time, it's 9 a.m. this upcoming Thursday. And that is uh, all I have for my member reports. All right, Mr. Clerk, uh, under adoption without committee reference. There are no, no items, Mr. President. Under communications from the clerk. A report on approval proceedings by the mayor. The report shall be received and placed on file under testimonial resolutions and special privilege. Councilmember Waters, joined by Council President Sheffield, a resolution, line item 26.1. Member Waters, line item 26.1. Thank you, uh, Mr. President. I move approval. There's a motion to approve line item 26.1. That is a testimonial resolution in memoriam uh, for Father Norman Thomas. Any objections? Seeing none, that uh, resolution shall be approved. Hearing no objections, uh, the resolution shall be approved. There being no further business to come before this body, this meeting still sta shall stand adjourned unless otherwise noted. This meeting shall stand adjourned. <laughs>